A world in ruins and brothers betrayed. The vengeful spirit has finally left the orbit of Istvan III. Countless brother Astartes lay cold in the ground, betrayed by their own gene fathers. Whatever has possessed the minds of these four sons of the Emperor, we may never know. However, reports abound of a ship under fire jumping into the warp away from the fleet may yet be a herald of light in these darkest of times. Stay tuned, brothers. Radio Free Istvan will continue to broadcast updates on the movements of the traitor Warmaster. And remember, the Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio Free Istvan listeners? And welcome to episode 91 of Radio Free Istvan, a Horse Heresy 30K podcast. No, I'm just playing. We're not, this isn't episode 91. <laughs> My name is Michael. And I have my co-host Ryan here. Go and say what's going on, Ryan. What's happening, everybody? We were joking around saying we're going to say this is episode 91. So, like, Tim from the iForest goes, what? <laughs> They're ahead of us. <laughs> They've taken the mantle. <laughs> no, it's actually episode 45, guys. And uh, this episode brought to you by Patreon supporters. <laughs> Making our podcast that much better with financial support so that we can spin the wheel and send snacks across the world thank you everybody in the the group chat you know who you are (laughs) you know exactly who you are so we got a pretty good episode for you guys today uh we're gonna go through our normal intro we're gonna go through our uh hobby progress then we're going to uh, draw for the dice bags. If you listen to the end of last episode, if you made it all the way to the end of last episode, uh, we it was a super long five-hour episode. So at the very end, after all the list, we decided to put a little, a little sneaky, sneaky little contest in there. And uh, well, the idea was if you made it all the way to the end, grayed out productions sent us a few dice bags that we decided we'll give away. And all you had to do was go onto our Facebook page and put an IW or an AL to determine what kind of dice bag. Because he sent us he sent us an Iron Warriors dice bag, an Alpha Legion dice bag, and then the time you listened to it, like the time that it was. And uh, you'd be surprised at how few people, for one, fucked that up and like put like Iron Hands or like Space Wolves or whatever. Like We only had two dice bags and... Like there was a there was a, there was a few that weren't the right legion, uh, but we we just we put you into the counting for uh, for Iron Warriors whatever we we'll, we'll get you in there. So anyway, great out legion sent us these dice bags. We're gonna go ahead and draw for those uh, after we we talk about some hobby progress, and then we're going to uh, bring up some voicemails. Uh, we're going to listen to some voicemails. Then we have a 3,000-point Iron Warriors list, Pride of the Legion, a 2,500-point Cult Militia list, a Space Wolves Bloody Claws 2,000-point list, an Ultramarines Pride of the Legion list. That's 2,000 points. And then at the end of it all, we're going to spin that wheel. So, Give away some food. Give away some food. So, I guess Ryan, man, how have you been? How's that? It looks like you're wearing a jacket, <laughs> so I would imagine you're pretty cold. I don't know why I got chilly. Usually, I handled the cold pretty well. I don't know. 
for whatever reason, it was cold in my basement tonight. <laughs> so, but no, nah, been doing good. Been uh, now that the weather's turned, I've been hiking in the woods every day. Walk. So that's been nice. What do you mean by turn? Like, what do you mean the weather? Did that today? Turned? It's not like miserable outside, like where it's either super rainy or really cold. You know, snowy, shitty, icy. Okay. Yeah, so it's spring. So, so now that it's spring, springy. Uh, it's not. Yeah. I mean, it's still like 40 degrees or whatever, but it's just not, you know, super shitty outside. Did you find any more cool stuff? Like, I'm surprised you picked up that horse tooth, like, and shit like that. that yeah. Found. Just found that. I'm trying to think if I. It's really pretty much it. Like, do you go looking for stuff? Like, are you looking for, like, artifacts and stuff? Like, is there, like, a... No. Uh, I just happened to see that. Uh, there's a lot of arrowheads and stuff around here. You find arrowheads and crap like that all the time. My father-in-law has, like... Man, I can't tell you how many, like, just crazy... Like, he's got hatchet heads, spearheads, arrowheads, um, all kinds of crazy artifact stuff he's just found around here. Dude, that's what I'm talking about. That's like the exact type of stuff that I'd be looking for. Like, I always thought that, you know, the people... Well, okay, it's going to sound weird. Like, I always thought that the people in, like, Europe were, like, super lucky because they could find, like, cool shit all the time from the World Wars. You know, (laughs) like, they can find, like, uh, stuff from, like, you know, the German occupation or whatever. And, uh inside like their woods and stuff like you ever seen that dude who's dragging that like giant magnetic like he he does what's called magnet fishing where he like takes this giant magnet tosses it into like streams and rivers and stuff and basically just runs it across the bottom trying to pick up metal stuff and he found this like like he finds like world war ii guns all the time like he'll he found a uh uh what's that like grease gun that like Oh, I can't remember what it's called. MP40, I think. Yeah. He found that bad boy at, like, the bottom of a lake, just discarded from, like, a German soldier. I always think, like, damn, they always got the cool stuff. We just have, like, Indian stuff and, like, <laughs> Civil War stupid stuff. But, yeah, that's cool, man. That's tight. That's that's really cool that you get to get to do that. You ever think about taking, like, a... A metal detector with you? Go find some some old coins or stuff? No. No, never never thought about it. Just like walking in the woods. It sounds like work. <laughs> <laughs> I do it to relax. That's peaceful. I'm talking about bringing like technology into the mix and stuff. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> oh, well so so yeah dude so how's hobby progress working on you how you been doing with that uh i've been doing all the hobbying for everywhere so i'm down to three vehicles left and half my display board well that's good that's something i've seen that i've seen i've gotten to to gander at your display board there and uh, it's looking pretty good, dude. Like, it's uh, massive. Like, it's got a huge-ass building on it. So, 
yeah. that's worth something. Well, I'm mailing you the the building. Uh, the building I just have. You got pictures of it. I just have to weather the stuff, which it's going to be subtle enough to where your pictures you're not really going to notice it anyway. So if you want to post those pictures up on Facebook, you can. Okay. But uh, I'll probably weather that thing either tomorrow or Tuesday, and then I'll throw it in the mail and mail it to you because I'm not going to be able to fit that on the plane. Okay. So if you want any, if you need me to mail you anything else, like if there's any Indiana stuff you want mailed, I'm going to have to mail you that anyway. So I'll think about it. I'll I'll, I'll consider it. <laughs> I'm not really sure what <laughs> Indiana stuff I need, but you know. Well, you're always down for like candy corn or anything like that. So I've since figured since I'm heading that way, both flying and mailing you stuff, if there's anything you needed. I think I'm down to, to a you. quarter of that bag of candy corn, actually. Derek eats it too. Like it's it's like one of those things. He'll like walk in, and like he's got a key to my house, so like he can like walk in the front door. And just like if, like if he's coming over, I'm like, yeah, cool. I'm watching TV in the living room. He'll walk into my house, and the candy corns on my main table. And what he'll do is he'll just like go grab like a handful, just like eating candy corn. <laughs> no problem. Is. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently he gave some to his girlfriend and she was like, I think this candy corn's gone bad. And he's like, No, it hasn't. <laughs> this is more candy corn for me. <laughs> but yeah, this is pretty much it. Still working on my black shields. Um after the I was panicking there after the Adepticon scare where they put out their FAQ. Oh yeah. And then changed changed things, but it changed back. So we're good to go. I thought I was going to have to scramble and paint more crap, but I didn't end up having to, which is nice. Yeah. There were some pretty heated discussions about that in people that don't agree with the ruling. And damn. Yeah. Like I said, I don't competitive wise. I, I didn't care either way. Like honestly, me putting more attack bikes in the list makes the list stronger. Yeah. It's just that it makes also makes it spammy. I go from 10 to 15. I'm already running two squads. I would have just had to put a third in. So I'm trading. I've basically just been trading a Sakaran battle tank for five more assault cannon attack bikes. Yeah. For those of y'all wondering, basically, uh, originally the initial ruling for uh, the host of angels was that each dreadnought and each uh each dreadnought in a talon and each flyer in a suborbital strike wing counts as one vehicle uh for the host of angels. So if you're not familiar with the host of angels blood angel rule basically you cannot have more legions of stardes units than there are um vehicle units. Is it vehicles? Is is it strictly it's vehicle unit. Okay. Yes. So, yeah, you can't have more vehicles than uh, you have units with Legion Sestardes. So, uh, no, it's not. It's not more vehicles. It's more vehicle units. That's an important distinction. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> so, well, anyway. it's not an oh my. I'm, because if you take a squadron of predators, it's a unit. So, if you take three predators, that's one unit. Right, and a talent counts as. So, according to the FAQ that Adepticon had released, the talent would have been one 
it would have been one counted as one vehicle per every dreadnought inside the Talon. Correct. And then yeah, and then the suborbital strike ring would have been one vehicle unit per flyer you took in the suborbital strike wing. Uh, so that was a ruling. So it was like a panic. And then uh, Nate looked over the rule. Well, like I said, I wouldn't normally care. Like it, like. Like, I don't care one way or the other. Like, I get that it's a gray area. The thing is that we emailed Forge World a long time ago, and Forge World emailed us back, and we have the emails that say that a Talon is one. And that also a suborbital strike wing is one. Going off that, that's what Michael made his army list going off that, and I made my army list going off that. And... I can't speak for Michael, but I, for myself, I wasn't like trying to game the system or, you know, build a more powerful list or anything like that. I really, uh, because I, I, I'm more into, it's a narrative event. So I'm more into try to win, you know, some type of best painted or a coolest dude. Or like they gave away awards last year for like, uh, organizer's choice for like what embodied the Legion the most or whatever. Like Josh won one of those for his world leaders army, stuff like that. Yep. So I was just trying to make a, an army that was cool and had a ton of variety in it. Like that was my thing is I wanted the widest variety of units that I could have that still all fit the fluff and theme of my army. And then when I put it all on the display board, um, I would have a large quantity of stuff like more, more models just so I could display painting and have a wider variety of models that look different to, you know, where I could do just basically to paint different stuff and where it's not just like the same unit over and over and over again, repeated three times. It was like a bunch of a wide variety of stuff. So that's how I wrote, wrote my army. Um, so it, like I said, it didn't have anything to do with, you know, being competitive. Like I, I truly believe that five assault cannon attack bikes are far superior to a Sakaran. And that I just would have taken the Sakaran out and put the, the attack bikes in. So, um, but it was more like a painting thing. Like I, I'm trying to get all this stuff painted for stiff. And to be honest, my actual goal is if I paint this stuff for stiff, if I need to paint, if I could paint one more unit on top of the stuff I'm already painting to stiff, I could take my black shields to both stiff and Adepticon. So this may be a moot point anyway, um, other than our team event list, because me and Michael are running uh, Blood Angels for the team event, which would have thrown that. It basically just would have screwed everything up from a what I had to paint standpoint. Gotcha. Which wouldn't have been good, because I, I mean, we've talked about it on here. You know, we, you know, I, I've been under this painting crunch, and it's not like I'm, you know, jerking around. Like I, I've literally. Um, I know Michael because he has behind the scenes info. He he knows how much time I've been putting in <laughs> to painting and hobbying, and what what a grind it's been. And I simply just did not have time to paint more crap. It's unreal. He's a madman. Doesn't make any sense, <laughs> but he's got dedication. The boy's got heart. The boy's. We got had heart. game night, game club night here last night, and I literally painted from the start of club night. I was painting before people showed up. I painted all the way through club night, didn't play a single game with anyone until the last person left. I was still painting. The only time I stopped was to cook pizza for everybody because we had ordered some Papa Murphy's pizzas for the club. 
So I took an hour break to cook dinner, and but other than that, I sit and painted literally the whole time. <laughs> Poor little hobby nerd, painting while everybody played. Too much. But, but yeah. So I, I told them I was like, okay, well, uh, my stuff's gonna be painted Blood Angels, but I won't be playing Blood Angels. It'll be generic Legion. And then I was going to pop my assault cannons off and put heavy flamers on my leviathans. That's the only thing on my list that makes them blood angels is the assault cannons on my leviathans. Which, yeah, I don't, I don't use too well. Well, you could, you could have put Volkites on there. Volkites are the same price as the assault cannons. Yeah. Yeah, I could have. That probably wouldn't have been the best way. I just don't know where those Volkites are. I think I gave a bunch of Volkites away. I know for a fact that they have heavy flamers. I have no fucking clue where those Volkites are. That's the only reason I was going to swap it over. So, but that's where I would have been. Just yeah. Legionless. They just look suspiciously blood angel-y. So. If, uh, if the, uh, the chosen ones on high could, uh, you know, come out with an FAQ. We wouldn't have to worry about any of this, but <laughs> you know, you can only uh, you can yep. only ask so much, buddy. <laughs> you send them cakes. You can you can do anything. It just doesn't it doesn't work. I mean, it from what, yeah. from from what I understand, it looks like they're already trying to FAQ Inferno. Uh, so, you know, I don't know how, I guess there's just so many people unhappy with Inferno right now with all of its editing errors. Like, uh, so last week you kind of had, uh, your, uh, your breakdown of why you thought it wasn't fair that, you know, the Inferno cost or whatever is, you know, you pay this and consumer, you know, I was kind of on the other side where it's like, ah, eh, well, you know, they're under a lot of stress or, you know, they don't have the employment and all this stuff. Dude, we got so many messages on your side, Ryan. <laughs> like, I, I know, and, and I'm not trying to like pretend to be a know-it-all. It's just, I man, I it's been like this. I guess if you look back, if you go all the way back to second edition, let's just wind the clock back. It this has been an issue since then. Now, back then, it was they were a lot smaller company, and they weren't. You know what I mean? Like, it was a lot different then. So you could give them more leeway. Like, they were kind of... Just like... When you look back at the technology of the time, you know, like, we didn't even really have, like, internet or whatever. Like, I still had to, like, call them mail order to order shit. You know what I mean? So, just the way business was done, the way things were ran, the way social... Like, there was no real social media. Like, so you could get away with it. But my problem is, like, it's we're still living in the dark ages with Games Workshop, it seems like. So it's like, at what point do you wake the fuck up and realize that you're going to have to get better at this? You just have to. Like, in my opinion, the player base is so sick of it and so frustrated with it. It's just like, it's just, you know, it's just like I said, just fucking fix it. It's really not that hard. It's really not. You're gonna like things slip through. Everybody's gonna write the perfect rule set where there's no fucking, you know, little mistakes or whatever. But 
those like people are going to find those almost right away and send you fucking emails. And you know that they get emails weekly, you know, because we see all this shit. As soon as someone sends you an email with a question in it, just fucking have a FAQ that you update every week. You know what I mean? Like, here's the FAQ. Like, every Friday, have somebody sit down and look at the three or four new questions that come in that aren't on the FAQ and fucking update it. And then give everybody who answers emails access to that FAQ (laughs) so that they can give a consistent answer. Yeah. I mean, I just don't, I just don't see why they act like it's this fucking just ridiculous epic problem, you know, that can't be solved when it's to me, it's just like, Jesus Christ, people just put somebody on it and fix it. Even with it. I don't know. Don't have an answer. If I did be a rich man. I, I mean, and, and this is even going beyond that. I, but to be honest, like I'm sick of edition changes. I mean, why can't we like, we never get a finished product. They release an edition that has all these bugs in it. And instead of working the bugs out by the time they, cause they don't ever release FAQs or whatever. So you're still like, well, what about this? Or what about this? Or what about this? And then the way they constantly are rolling over army books, like no, they're, they've never had an edition where every book has been updated to that edition. And by the time that they get like halfway, three quarters of the way through the books, they roll over editions and back square one again. I, I don't know. It's it's just at some point it's like grow the fuck up, quit running shit like you're running it out of a garage, and fucking just find something and stick with it and make that work. How about we just get an addition that works that there's not a trillion fucked up questions to, and everybody has an army book for, and everything's balanced and everybody can play their army and have a good time before we run around and fucking, you know, write a whole new edition or whatever, and you put yourself back at square one again. I don't know. It's just but not how the world works. That's just me. Ooh. Apparently not. Apparently that's too much to ask to get a actual complete product from a company that sells that one product. <laughs> well, well. All right. Let's stray back. Let's stray back from the... Yeah. Oh, just real quick, because everybody's asking me, like, because we talked about sending them a letter and all that. I just, it's not that I don't want to, it's just that with 8th edition coming out, I mean, what the, like, at this point, you know, if it's imminent, if it's, like, within six months time frame, what good is it to email them and really get in their ass and write them a big nasty letter about fixing stuff when, like I just talked about, they're just going to change editions and then, you know, half that stuff may not even be valid anymore. Gotcha. So, I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't know. Somebody who was it that offered to somebody offered to because they're going to Warhammer World next week or something like that. They offered to like hand deliver and like hand deliver like a Inferno manifesto to Warhammer World for you and like record it. Well, it wasn't really that. I mean, it was going to be about that and the FAQ and all that, but. I don't know. People keep saying that, well, this book was written for the next edition, this and that. And I'm like, I'm not buying it. What's, so I, I don't think that that's the, the case. And even if it is, I don't know how that makes it any, any better because if this book, I mean, if, if you've written a book that works perfectly fine in this edition, other than 
it seems overpowered, and then we switch editions, and all those rules and everything still works the same, how is it not still going to be overpowered? You know what I mean? Because if it transitions over seamlessly, then everything else has to, too, and you're still in the same... You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't see how that's supposed to magically make, you know, when, when this guy's paying five points for a power axe and this guy pays 10 points for a power axe and then you move to a new edition, I don't know how any rules changes could make that any different. You're still getting it cheaper over here than you are over here. Yeah, no, I don't have an answer for that. <laughs> so I, I don't, I don't know. I guess that, I guess they're maybe talking about the psychic power stuff. But I mean, the way the psychic power shit's written, it's written like you harness, like it says, like in the Thousand Suns rules, they harness warp charge on a three plus. Um, they do this, they do that, like so. That means all of that language has to be the same in the new edition, because if you change any of the language or the way any of that works, you're gonna have to go ahead, you go back and immediately rewrite the book that you just drug out for a year in releasing. So I don't know. That's so it's just all, you know what I mean? Like I just, it's silly me to write the big, write like all this stuff when we don't really know, you know, what's going to be changing here in the next three, four five, six months, whatever it's supposed to be for the new edition. Right. Well, I guess we just have to wait, wait and find out. Like everybody else. Yeah. But, yeah, it'd be nice. I mean, look how many questions we still have about this edition and all this other crap, and it just never got resolved, and now we're moving on. Maybe they'll all be resolved in the new edition. Maybe there's so many changes <laughs> fixing it. I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yep. So anyway, moving on. But yeah, we did get a ton of email. So I didn't, I didn't get any, and I don't know if you're hiding them from me or to spare my feelings, which I don't think you would. But I didn't, I didn't see that we received a single email or a single message or a single anything arguing against it. No, no, nothing, nothing. Nobody hates you. Or maybe they just, I don't know. I'm not hiding anything. <laughs> yeah. And you see all of our Facebook messages. Yep. So, anyway. So, yeah. Sad you didn't get any game time in because you're too busy painting. Be a closer, man. It's true. It's very true. Got to be a closer. I can't can't let the community down. <laughs> or your other players that you're playing against. Well, think of all this bullshit I've talked about these black shields and this and that and preparation and fucking every week and then for me to show up and them not be done. Yeah, no. You're absolutely right. And just for you to say, nope, didn't happen. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Not this time around. Yeah. So. Anyway. Would you Would you work on? Uh, what did I work on? 
Um, I madly finished the, like, well, by finish, I mean dry brush the Warlord Titan board because we had that art league thing where we had to go set that up at the art league. Yep. So got that done. That was pretty quick. I've got my tiles I worked on a little bit this week. Uh, I just received my hydro dip, my replacement hydro dip this past Friday. So I'm going to probably be hydro dipping tomorrow. Um, that's pretty much it, man. I really didn't get too much hobby progress done. I got a bunch of game time in yesterday. That's why we're recording this late. That was a good time. Got to hang out with some some cool people, Lucas, John, the other John. So, man, I, it was it was a fucking badass time just all around. But as far as cool. paint wise, as far as hobby progress goes, man, didn't didn't get a lot done like personal army wise or anything like that. I don't have anything to work on except for a drop pod that I need to put together and paint up, and then I have two drop pods that I need to get painted more towards my my scheme. But besides that, dude, everything's ready to go. I've got more dreadnoughts than I need to take to Adepticon and all that. So really, it's just working got, on stiff stuff right now. I got six secret weapon tiles and three vehicles. That's what I got left. Yeah, I have... Eight secret weapon tiles I got to paint? Yeah. So and those will be quick. That's just going to be a bunch of dry brushing. Yeah. Well, oh. like I said, this building, this building, I just have that weathering. I'll be mailing it to you next week, and then I'll knock out those tiles. And then I'm going to try to paint uh, ten more uh, Black Shield Marauders on top of the three vehicles so I can take it, take them to both stiff and adepticon badass. But it, at worst case scenario, I mean, I do, I can fall back on my blood for adepticon and I will be done. I don't, I don't think I'm going to have any problem finishing the last three vehicles. So, um, the first one I did took me, roughly two and a half days to do and i have you know two weeks left basically so should be good yeah i think you're gonna be fine i'm not worried about you i'm just ready like i know it's gonna it's gonna sound weird but i'm very much ready for stiff and adepticon to be over so that like I can start knocking out like a bunch of like just stupid projects, like just insane projects. Yeah. Well, I got another event in April. There's another local event that's just a, a 1500 point team tournament. Uh-huh. And I want to take, take my salamanders. So as soon as I get back from Adepticon, I have to paint like 12 models, like 12 infantry for that, which won't take me that long. And then I, then I'm going to take a break from 30k stuff and do some battle tech stuff just for something different gotcha it's do what just as far as hobbying just just that like i said just to paint something different i gotcha yeah yeah i'm actually dude like 
I'm glad I took this Saturday, drove up to Dallas for uh, to go play in that at the Texas Toy Soldier at that little event. Man, dude, like that was I hadn't played in a while, and so that was kind of like one of those like stress relieving, just throw your models on the board and have a good time. So cool. I was very happy that that went down. How'd you do? It was good. I mean, I had fun. Uh, did good. I mean, I, my first game was against Mechanicum and I got to pair off. I played against a, a guy named, uh, Zane and he was a very skilled player. Um, very familiar with his rules a hundred percent. And so it was, it was, uh, I learned some things about Voltrax, you know. I kind of knew <laughs> that they were going to be brutal against an all drop pod dreadnought list. So, you know, he he bunkered up pretty well, deep struck on him. I seized the initiative. He, I should have shot his Voltrax. I didn't think about it because I forgot they kind of got the nerf on their toughness. And man, I don't like. To this day, I don't know why I didn't shoot at them. And they came back, unloaded on me. I killed his knight, but it was a small victory. And then by the time, because it was turn three, I got tabled. And because I didn't get four of my drop pods on the board. So <laughs> I kind of The sucked. shit reserve rolls. Shit reserve rolls, yeah. And so I had like two units attack squads, a dreadnought, and my Praetor tech marine combo. We're still sitting in their drop pod in orbit, watching all the dreadnoughts die, and they're like, "No, nah, we're not going down there." <laughs> like, fuck that, that's not happening. Uh, but so I did lose that game, um, but it was still a f- really fun game. It was like just a good time all around, and uh, Zane was a super cool dude. He was kind of like, you know. Really, because, you know, I really don't know too much Mechanicum things or what they do and all that stuff, so he would kind of give you, like, hints as you were playing against him, like, by the way, this does this. I'm not saying you have to shoot at it or, you know, it's a good idea. I'm just letting you know that if you kill this, this will happen. You're like, oh, yeah, I didn't know that, but I appreciate you coming out and telling me that. So, uh, he's a super cool guy, super fun to play with. Uh, Second game I played against uh, Thousand Suns but not full Inferno rules. Uh, it was a guy, against a guy named Sean, and uh, he didn't have the Book 7 Inferno yet, so he didn't build a list around the Inferno rules. Uh, he just... Uh, he had Araman's rules, so he did take Araman, and then they were... He was harnessing warp charges on a 3-up. I don't know if that's a Thousand Sun thing or if that was an Araman thing. Uh, it's a Thousand Sun thing. Yeah, so he did take that rule, but he didn't have any Sekhmet Terminators or anything like that. He didn't have any uh, uh, Psychic Units, Psychic Brother Units, or anything like that. Um, that game was, man, that, that was a big eye-opener on Psychic Powers, man. There's just jack shit you can do <laughs> against Psychic Powers. And, I mean, he did have the Power Dice that he was, I mean... Just airmen and a level two sorcerer were just generating psychic dice. And I mean, there was points of the game where like he'd roll the dice to to generate dice and 
he'd generate two of them. So that means I got to generate two of them. And you're just like, I'm looking at these two dice in my hand, like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with these? And then after that, it's just like, okay, well, I'm going to use four dice to cast this. Or you know, it's like, oh, fuck me then. Like, I don't really, like, there's so little you can do against psychic powers when you don't have any anti-psychic. So it's just like one of those things like, oh, well, uh, I guess, uh, I guess I won't do anything. Um, so it was a real big eye opener on psychic powers on that one. Um, but I, I did, I did end up winning that game, uh, just by gunning him down. And the table we played on was ridiculous. I actually took a picture of it and I'll, uh, I will post that picture onto the photo dump. John, the guy that's in the, uh, in our chat, the, uh, RFI yep. close chat, he, yep. He made that table. Did did you see the picture of it? Did I send you pictures of it or no? I don't think so. Okay, so check this out. So the table was a, like basically imagine an asteroid, like a bunch of like five or six giant asteroids, like sitting out. Like okay, so you got a main dock, and then next to them is like six asteroids. And each of those asteroids is connected by a bridge. Well, every turn, okay. what he did was he had this rail system that connected the bridge to the asteroid and the asteroids to the dock. And those those bridge those rail systems were held. the The bridge was held onto them by a screw and a bolt, so they slid. Okay. Like, they had like maybe six inches of play each. And so they slid back okay. and forth and all that stuff so that the bridge system could stay in the same spot, but the asteroid can move and like go back and forth. And so what John did is the mission at the beginning of every player turn, you'd roll a D3 and a scatter dice, and the asteroids would drift uh, every every player turn, like every single turn they were drifting. And if okay. for whatever reason the asteroids drifted, far enough apart to where the bridge couldn't stay there anymore, the bridge would collapse and everything that was on it would get lost to space. Like you were just done. Like it was just like, Oh, <laughs> like you're gone now. You're part of space now. So, uh, for that mission, I lost my warlord <laughs> to the bridge collapsing <laughs> and Sean lost airmen to the bridge collapsing. <laughs> <laughs> So like it was like one of those things like holy shit like this is a like you need to definitely stay off that bridge like do not get on that bridge like like it, it <laughs> as you're playing the entire time you're just like really trying to push your units off this bridge and at one point Sean had like a 20 man blob of space marines running on the bridge and I was like oh please just luck of the gods like let's just <laughs> please please make this happen <laughs> so it was it was pretty it was, it was such a cool map like there was this one part of the map that had these two lasers on it like they were like turbo lasers that fired onto planets and if you capped it like if you instead of shooting you could instead fire the turbo laser which would be for uh, you could use it to fire onto another table and it was an 8 inch barrage or yep. I'm sorry 6 inch uh strength 8 AP3 blast that would go onto any of your opponent's tables uh, for and your your uh ally got to place it or whatever and uh you you you'd get it on a 5 is what if you rolled a 5 it would shoot and they'd get it 
Well, what I did was first turn, I drop potted onto that little island with the turbo laser, like boom, sent a unit of tax squads over there. And they straight up just like spread out. And I rolled a five, three turns in a row. And so I'm just like dishing out pie plates. And like, Sean's like, are you serious? Did you just roll another five? I'm like, yeah, man. <laughs> sending it out there and it was funny because uh when like uh me lucas john like all the guys we went to go eat lunch together and uh lucas was asking me about my list he's like so you know you have all these dreadnoughts then like what is your tax squads do like what do your basic tax squads do and i was like they do all the fun stuff like they cap objectives they do all like i was like that's they just like they're you know implacable advanced units like that's that's what they do they go do the work well, the busy work while the dreadnoughts handle the business. He's like, okay. And so that whole game, man, like they were capturing objectives. They were firing all this stuff. And like my dreadnoughts were just like handling everything else. It was so funny. Like they're, <laughs> they're do that little, those little tax squads are just like hanging in there. They'd go to ground. Like it was like treating them like units of like Imperial guard. Like they're just space Marines, <laughs> like young kids watching the old men do all the hard work for them. <laughs> So it was a good time. And that mission was so much fun to play. It was like just watching like all those asteroids drift around and everything like that. It was, it was so the whole map changes like as you're playing. It was pretty cool. Uh, it was, it was a, it was a blast. So, so yeah. Anyway. So yeah, that's how that went. Uh, Custodes, uh, <laughs> I think I sent it to you in the chat, but there was a Custodes player that did not do so hot only because he didn't, he, he's like originally played demons, I guess, and thought that his Custodes yeah. would come in automatically. So he started the board with one unit or started the game with one unit on the board and that unit immediately that unit. got wiped. And his opponent was like, well, I guess I win. And he's like, nope. He's like, I'm still going to come on. And like, that's not how this game works. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then it was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and he's all, oh, well, I guess that is, I guess you do win. <laughs> and so that happened. <laughs> we had the opposite experience here. We had a guy play against Custodes and just get absolutely creamed. That's what I heard. I heard he was an Alpha player, too. Yeah. Give us a breakdown on that, dude. Give us the the deets. Well, here's the details. So the our local guy, uh, he plays he play he's plays competitive 40k, and then he just plays 30k for fun. So he's very experienced, and he's been playing since he may have been playing before then, but I know he's played at least since fourth edition. Um, and he gets several, several games in a week cause he plays here at the club, like I said, and plays several games here of 30 K and then plays 40 K and 30 K other places. So he's very, very experienced, good player. He's playing an alpha legion list. that has been fine tuned cause it's one that he's been working on for a while. And, uh, I helped him with it and then he made some more tunes to it and he's taken it to like the Michigan events that we went to here and it does extremely well. A, a very, very good win-loss record with this particular army. 
he played against a Custodes player that was a totally just like not optimized at all kind of thrown Custodes list where the guy was just like, I want to take this, this, and this because I think the units are cool. The guy he played against, it was his very first game of 30K. And uh, the Custodes still walked all over the Alpha Legion. Damn. <laughs> What was the mission? Like, what happened? Like, it was just, like, just straight up. I think it was uh, Blood Feud, so it's, like, kill points. And I think he lost, like, 15 to 10 or 15 to 9, something like that. Um, so, I guess he has, he has, like, a unit of the heavy support jet bikes in his army. And they literally just immediately got, got erased by the Custos heavy tank. That's, like, I'm AP2 with all my shots and I ignore Jink. Yep. So, he's yeah. just, like, take, shoot those, take those off the board. Um, he had Valdor in the army. Um, um, so I guess Val Valdor, I'm trying to think what he lost. The whole army had those airy strike things and Jacob has like a dread claw with some melt in it and a Leviathan and a dreadnought drop pod. And then another tactical squad and a dread claw. And so he had trouble finding places for those cause they, and within 12 or they mishap. So they did, they weren't as good as they normally are. Um, basically he said he just got shot up a lot by the, uh, I guess the custodes guy had one of the transports, two of the heavy support tank and two of the land speeders. And then he had like a, two units of spear guys, a unit of sword and shield guys, Valdor, one of each of the dreadnoughts. Um, that may have been it, but he basically said he just got like, wasn't really a lot he could do. Cause if he got anywhere close to anything, he just got assaulted and murdered. And then if he tried to stay back and shoot, he just, he said just the five tanks like outshot his whole army. Mm. Well then that's pretty brutal. Because he says you... every time you get shot at, you're losing half a squad because it's all AP2 and AP3. And it's all such high ballistic skill they never miss, and almost all of it's twin-linked. And then when you fire back, you know, you're shooting at guys that are tough five with a two-up armor with invulse saves and probably getting cover and multiple wound, and, you know, you're just not killing very much stuff. Right. Dang. Will he play it different next time, though? Maybe he's... He says he doesn't really know what he would do different. No shit. Bowling was actually above average for once. I'm pretty experienced with this army. I don't really know what I could have done any different for a different outcome. <laughs> Guess ally some custodians or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just kidding, of course. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. So, I don't know. So that's battle report one from the from our club against a custodes army. I did hear that uh, the guy who's playing custodes this time around did do pretty good in Zomortalis. They put him on a Zomortalis table, and apparently he did good. But apparently Volkite was a really good answer, and I know we had a couple of listeners that were uh, actually watching that battle report, so. 
Maybe they will let us know. Maybe they'll give us some insight on what happened. Maybe they'll call in or something. So we'll have to see, man. More games are getting played with them. So we will definitely have to see. Yeah. So anyway, that's what I've been doing. God, I got some games in. Oh, and building this uh, this little hedonistic dude with the uh, giant-ass dress. I forgot about him. Oh. Oh, I know the other the other thing that the guy used was the fancy like the the big hardcore unit with the three wounds on each guy. Yep. Played him wrong and was only playing him with two wounds on each guy and still like marched through a bunch of stuff and killed everything. <laughs> oh shit. Well, that's a that's a little different. I'll be glad to see what happens with that. Especially some tips and tricks. But anyway, you want to move into this bag drawing, dude? Let's do it. Okay. So, guys, so once again, I'm just going to kind of go over how this is working and how people got entered into this bag drawing. I think we kind of did a pretty good breakdown already. Uh, but what I'm going to do is. There were 16 people that were interested in Alpha Legion bag and 21 people that were interested in Iron Warrior bag. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and set up a random number generator right now. Generator picker. Set it up through 1 through 16 for the Alpha Legion players. And I'm going to pick these from the people who went onto our Facebook page and put AL and the number. So... Let's go ahead and generate this number for the first one. And it is number seven. So that would be one, two, three. Oh no, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay, so Craig, Craig Jones won the. Alpha Legion bag. Let me go ahead and send Craig a message right now. Actually, I'll send him a friend request and a mess. Pop a little message for him. So I will get that in the works. And then now, the Iron Warriors bag. There's going to be 21 entries for the Iron Warrior bag. So let me go ahead and set up the random number generator for the Iron Warriors. Generate that number. It is a nine. So let's go ahead and see who lucky number nine is. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine, Mr. Samuel Cadro is, is number nine. So, Sam, I know you're listening right now. Congratulations. I definitely have your uh, information, sir. So, Sam, so we got Craig and Sam won these dice bags. Guys, if you want to check out these dice bags or want to see people that make these dice bags, great out production. That's going to be Michael. He's the owner of it. He's on Etsy. They're quality handmade dice bags. They're super nice. I'm glad we just gave those away, and I'm glad that people listened to all the way to the end 
of that five hour podcast. Just seeing all the people that actually entered and like knew what to do and all that stuff, I was like, good lord, all those people that entered knew the ending, <laughs> like listened all the way to the end of that long ass podcast. So I felt pretty good about that. That made me feel better about the fact, you know. But anyway, I just I just told Samuel on our uh, RFI close chat that he won the dice bag. Oh yeah. I love it. I'm pretty happy about that. <laughs> Kenny Lowell just posted on our Facebook page. I kind of feel, kind of feel bad that I don't have any shit stories. It's okay. <laughs> I saw that come up. <laughs> so it's probably a good thing. <laughs> I wish I shit my pants now. But anyway, so there's that. We go into some voicemails for you guys. Let's see what we got. We did get a bunch of uh, Samuel's mad. He, Samuel's mad that he used up all his luck winning the dice bag and not the battle phone. <laughs> oh yeah! Speaking of guys, <laughs> uh, if you're listening right now, you have, dude. Hopefully, you catch this before March eighth. Uh, uh, and if you, I mean, if you're listening now and you didn't hear it last episode, hopefully, you're catching up now and just realizing that you've probably forgot to enter or something like that. But we posted up a. Uh, Facebook post with a battle foam bag giveaway, a pack 720 that says stay in your lane across the top of it. It's a pretty fucking badass bag. And uh, it it is all you have to do is just go to that post, share the post, like our Facebook page, and we're going to draw, like I have an Excel spreadsheet of all 880 something shares and it keeps going up every time. So we're going to have to do a random number generator for 800 and something shares. And what is it right now? Uh, Oh yeah. Usually, yeah, it's like 886 shares or something like that. And all you have to do is go share it and like the page. And what I'll do is I will go do the random number generator, line it up to whoever shared that Make sure that they have, in fact, liked our page or anything like that. And they will win a badass bag with foam, with standard loadout foam. And so, hopefully, dude, I'm hoping we can do more of those giveaways. I love giving stuff away. It's probably one of my favorite things. Talk about that. Yeah. So I like it. So That's why we keep doing these cultural exchange things. They're fun. I like getting the feedback on what people like and don't like and especially it's it's really cool to you know send them overseas to people that it's like everything is totally you know i've never tried anything like this before yeah it's pretty cool man i like it a lot so people we i sent out the one for the don't lose your head podcast so he should be getting that sometime this week so uh hopefully we'll get some feedback on that what he likes and what he doesn't like <laughs> hope so too so I'm looking right now I'm looking through our voicemails to see if we need any voicemails and so yep. I go to my email and this first one just straight up says this recording contains some audio from porn no one was harmed to corroborate it was taken from a 45 second video that can be found under the title black guy orgasm or guy hasn't had an orgasm in 30 years <laughs> Question, <laughs> would Ryan take the position of lead consultant on all Forge World Heresy books going forward? 
if it meant he could no longer appear on any podcast. What? Ooh. Like he's saying, like, I would become a GW employee and they're like super non-disclosure where you can't like be on any podcast or Facebook page or anything like that. No. I don't know. I'll answer for you. No, he wouldn't. He's not about that. (laughs) (laughs) Just don't even. No. Nah. Shut up, Jonas. Nah. Michael, (laughs) Michael can't give me up. But I don't know. Like what? I feel like I could honestly help, though, help the community. Yeah, dude, I think so, too. Like, I think you'd be, like, the this badass consultant. You can't show up any podcast, but these these strange leaks keep happening. I feel like you'd be, like, one of those cool leakers that we don't have. Honestly, people... Not, would... <laughs> well, no, 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 no. Now, you know me better than that. If I signed a paper and I gave my word not to give any leaks, there's no way I would leak anything. Wink. No, it's oh, never. <laughs> really? We'd have to kick you out of like the Facebook chat and everything. <laughs> I know. I don't know. It depends on what they pay. What are they paying me? Dude, that's a really good question, man. I think you'd be good in the position of lead consultant on all Forge World Heresy books. But meaning you couldn't talk about it? If I'm doing it, it for free? If If I'm doing it for free, like they're just like using me as a consultant to run shit by me and I'm doing it for free. Um, I'm not going to stop doing this podcast or stop being on Facebook, but I would sign a non-disclosure where I wouldn't talk about anything until it became official. Nice. I think they'd like you. I think you'd do just fine. Now, if, if they were paying me, like if, if it was like, this is a, you know, Ah, but I want you as an employee and it paid, you know, a ton of money or something like that. And it was better for, you know, like me and my family to take that job. Then I would probably have to stop doing the podcast. But I mean, that's not happening. This is all, you know, silly theoretical stuff. What if it wasn't? But in the the ideal situation they would just let me keep keeping on, keeping on. And I would just, you know, keep doing what I'm doing, but just not talk about anything that's in development or whatever, if they don't want to, which I mean, I th- feel like Michael knows me well enough to know that I'll keep my word. If I give my word. Yeah. Ryan's pretty good about keeping his word. I'll vouch for him. It's, it's pretty much the basis for everything I do in life because <laughs> it's like, I'm pretty old school. Like, I feel like that's all you got. So you, like, if you tell somebody you're going to do something, you need to do it. (laughs) Whether you have a contract or a handshake, you need to do that shit. (laughs) Ryan's a good dude. You're a good dude, Ryan. Yeah. That's, that's opinion. (laughs) I try to be. I try to do the best that I can. Anyway, but, let's get let's get to this Fabius porn scream voicemail. Oh, <laughs> now that we've discussed that important thing, for whatever Games Workshop representative just got Ryan's answer, here's a guy that has an orgasm in thirty years. <laughs> Welcome, aspirants. It is I, Fabius Pyle. The Emperor's children have something that none of the other Astartes has. 
for one additional clan. Our company champion will help me plant it within you. Voicemail we've ever gotten. It's all right. It's worth it. I'm done. <laughs> I like weird ones. <laughs> Dude, it's so fucking funny. <laughs> it's Fabby's bow. I can't. So I've been saving all of our voicemails uh, to my Google Drive. Like I'll download them, put them on a Google Drive, and all this stuff. Uh, I've been saving all of them just so like I can go back and pull all the audio from the "Stay in Your Fucking Lane." So that, like, I can have, like, a giant stay in your fucking lane, like, a uh, montage. And that's going to be a good yeah. one. That's going to be a great one. Stay in your release a soundboard. fucking it's just... lane. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm glad it had the, like, I'm really happy that it let us know that it had the, uh, let it let, let us know that there was, like, we didn't, like, that didn't sound like a porn scream, but... You know, shit on me. Apparently, it was. You know, I'm glad we got the little heads up. <laughs> it's unnecessary, 100%. <laughs> also, unnecessary to include both of the titles of the video, <laughs> like so we can look them up. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless, that is efficient. <laughs> so, for, re- for research purposes only, <laughs> if we ever needed it, and so we can find it for us, I get it. Ah. <sighs> All right, so let's go ahead and go on to this next voicemail. Yeah, hey, Ryan and Michael, this is Nicholas. Um, I was wondering if you guys could help me with an issue. Uh, I play Death Guard, and I like to run Durek Rest. The problem is I have emailed over and over again, Forge World, on, uh, seems like a little question with all the Death Guard players is, uh, Durek Rest, is he a siege breaker or not? Maybe you guys could help me with that. Um, uh, and, uh, just, yeah. All right. So, there. Bye. What are your thoughts on Durek Rask, buddy? So, it, he, I think that he is. It's one of those things, like, uh, because it doesn't say, you know, Siege Breaker, like he has all the Siege Breaker rules, but he, do- he doesn't have the Siege Breaker title. So, like, the reason you want to know is can you take him? If you take him, does it unlock Phosphex? Right. That would be the only, that, the, that's the only thing. So, if I played against a Death Guard player and they had him instead of a Siege Breaker, I personally would let them take Phosphex. I have no issue with that. But that's something you're going to continue. You're going to just have to ask the TO to whatever event you go to if they're fine with that. That's not. Because w- once again, I th- don't know. I think that's on our FAQ cakes. I think it's not worded like him specifically. I think we basically put the question: uh, if a special character is obviously 
you know, meant to be a certain thing? Do they count as that thing for purposes of rights of war and unlock? Like, you know what I mean? Like, is Nomus right hand? Does he count as a chaplain for a right of war that would re- require a chaplain? Things right. like that. Yeah. So yeah, it's another thing that yeah, added to the list. Right back onto the list. Yeah, because it says in here he's a siege master, not a siege breaker. Yeah, but if you look, he has all the Siege Breaker rules. Yeah. Bummer. Bummer town. I'd say he is, but that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's see here. We got one more, and then we'll go on to some uh, some lists there, buddy. Back to our normal like episode times instead of these five-hour stuff that we've been doing. Yeah. Oh, this is the dude that said... No, no, it's not. Okay, never mind. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. This is the guy that started the email with g'day cunts. <laughs> yeah, Alistair. We're going to... We'll, I'll go over your... Because he wrote in a list. I didn't... We Because we just got it today, I didn't have time to do the list, so we'll do the list next week, but we can play his voicemail or whatever. Dude, did week. you read the bottom? He put... <laughs> dude, okay, hold on. Before we go any further. The bottom where he's explaining everything, it says... 15 breacher cunts going to the Spartan with a Medicaid and Praetor cunt. Drive Spartan into the opponent's cunts and smash his back doors in <laughs> like a cheap date at Blackpool. Everything else foot sucks. <laughs> yeah. I told Michael because the email started with G'day cunts that there, he was probably from Kansas. As, you know, obviously joking around. So we'll, uh, we'll go over your list next week. But uh, we'll play your little voicemail thing this week. Fifteen breacher cunts coming to the spot with the Medicaid and that other cunt, and then you're driving in the opponent's cunts. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> All right, so he sent us a two minute voicemail. Oh, and I'm looking forward to this. Like, I, how do you think he's gonna, before we even play it? How do you think he's gonna start? Come uh, on. he's gonna say he'll say good day. He'll okay. start with good day. All right, I'm gonna count how many times he says cunt. Let's find out. Okay. Good evening, you cunts. My name's Alistair, coming from northwest England. Not the nice end, but the really shit end. Anyway, just wanted to say <laughs> hi and thanks for doing the podcast. It's fucking brilliant. Keeps me going through the uh, shit shifts that I have to do. Now, I'm going to the Horace Heresy Front of Schools at the end of March. And it's going to be my first heresy, of heresy event and most likely my first heresy game as no one local to me fucking plays it or is available to play it when I am. Now, is there any advice you can give me on not getting my face absolutely smashed off? Um, I've only been hard for heresy for a couple of months now thanks to a few mates that live down south and I am balls deep into the Imperial Fists I've got maybe about 3,500 points built but at the moment only about 2,000 of those are painted which is what I'll be taking to Warhammer World Um, so yeah I've included the list that I'm taking along with some pictures of my army and its current painting progress. That's pretty much it. 
I just hope that I don't get my fucking dick kicked off. <laughs> Which <laughs> I'm probably expecting to happen. A uh, quick shout out to my mad cunt mate, Adam Kirby Jones. Uh, if he could get his shit sorted out, actually pick a legion or fuck the fucking paint it, that'd be awesome. Hopefully he'll be <laughs> running an event at the end of the year, so fingers crossed for that. Uh, thanks very much, guys. Keep up the good work, and uh, see you later. <laughs> okay. Only two cunts in there. So he's look, asking for help I'm on that list. I thought he was from Australia. He's from England. That's, That's cool. Crazy, right? You would have assumed. You would have just assumed. <laughs> yep. He threw us a curveball. <laughs> so as far as this question goes, I guess... Uh, when we go over his list next week, he'll probably answer his questions a little bit better, easier. Yeah, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of glanced through it. Um, he's got a lot of foot slogging stuff. So, we you know, we talk about that all the time. That's going to be a little bit of an issue. If he can't get anything else painted in time, it's not that big a deal. I mean, going to an event, just it says, says it's his first heresy game. So it doesn't really matter. I mean, just kind of take it all in, see what other people are running. Um, and you know, if you lose all your games, you lose all your games. Uh, but I'll, I'll give him some tips and pointers on how to play his list the way it is. And then maybe, and then write him a list that I don't know that he'll be able to transition to that list that I write him in time, but it'll give him something to build towards so that next time he goes, or maybe next time he plays, if he adds some stuff in, it'll, it'll do a little better for him. And then he can actually see how his list did you know, more of the foot slogging type army does against more of like, you know, thing kind of mounted where you can get them to where they need to go, uh, in one piece with, you know, without just having quad mortars shitting on them every turn until they get there <laughs> type of thing. 10, four. I get it. I see what you're saying. So, yeah, but we'll, we'll go over, I'll, I'll go through his list. It's just one of those things, like I said, I just got it today, um, and I'd already did all the lists for this particular show. We already had four, and we didn't want to have another five-hour episode or whatever, so it'll be the first one I work on for next week. <laughs> that sounds good. Did you see uh, uh, Ben was laughing at the way we pronounce Garo? Garo? Did you, did it's you Garo, is it? That's how you pronounce it, isn't it? Okay, so Garo? he said exactly. He says, I love how I'll say Garo. And he put Garo. And he says, we pronounce it G-A-R-O. And I said, like, Garo? And he sent this. <laughs> no, not Garo. <laughs> <laughs> you guys say Garo. And over here we say Garo. 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 <laughs> well, that's like no different. Like we say garage and they say garage. Oh, yeah. They ga- do. You know, I, yeah. And then they're, and they're they all- also fucking use like we're like more simplified. Like they're like color or flavor or armor. They put fucking use in everything. And we're like, nah, fuck, get rid of you. You don't need that shit. <laughs> get that but shit so we have this argument. My buddy Dave that does perpetual painting, mm-hmm. you know, he's an Englishman. He's lived here a while, but we get argument he's like look it's called english for a reason and it's like yeah you know you can't like how do you argue with that yep you know what i mean so so it is what it is so we'll just say that ben's right because he probably is so 
Garo. I can't even Garo. make I can't even make myself like fix it to say where that I say sound? it like that. Like ga Garo. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Oh, That's like, funny though. Like how English do I sound? I this? seen I seen you guys. It was like going on and on. Like the chat was just everybody like typing out Garo phonetically <laughs> in the chat for like a half hour. I was like, what the fuck's going on? Because I was painting and uh I was like you know, working on that building, and I, I was just kind of watching the messages scroll by. I wasn't really interacting, and I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" And I seen that it said Ben sent, you know, an off file or whatever, but I didn't listen to it. That's pretty funny. Garrow, not Garo. Laughing, dude. Laughing so hard. Oh, that's funny. All right, so let's go and bounce into some voicemails, man. Or I'm sorry, some, uh, some lists. Let's go ahead and start. Well, we got a couple. We got a couple emails. Just real quick. Uh, oh, wow. We got we got one that's uh, we wrote. It was for uh, Mark Turner. Okay. We wrote him a Emperor's Children's list, and he just said, "Hey guys, just listen to your latest <laughs> epic <laughs> podcast." What? Nothing. Go ahead. Okay. He <laughs> says, "Hey guys, just listen to your uh, latest epic podcast." and wanted to thank you for doing my list. You're right. Drop Assault Vanguard is better. Sneaky of Forge World to leave that out of the red book. At least the I didn't see it in there. He might have the old red book because I think it's in the new one. Yeah, they put the new ones in there. Yeah, so he probably just has the old one. The only downside that you didn't mention is that you only get hit and run on your second turn. Turn basically like it's not like you get hit and run the whole game like the other one. You know, you only get it for that one turn or whatever. Yeah. Um. He says I'll probably never use it. Uh, but the prospect of null deploying and getting most of my army uh, turn one is really interesting and something I hadn't considered. It's almost like the Mariscara Plus. Uh, seems really lucky for Emperor's Children, and I am newly inspired to get this on the table. Uh, just need to get a few more Assault Marines and build up some Combi Multivets, which I was planning to do anyway, so that's cool. Uh, and paint a Storm Eagle. He says, I know how you like to get pictures of people's work, so once I've got this all done, don't hold your breath. I'll send you a few uh, for now, though, hope you enjoy my latest work, the Fahitian himself. So he sent us a picture picture of his Fulgrim that he painted up, and it's it's uh, really nice work. So if you want to throw this up on our Facebook, Michael, you can. He sent this email to both me and you. Yeah, I saw that. I remember seeing that Fulgrim. Yep. Badass. Yeah. Pretty cool. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, we got uh, several Facebook messages. Uh, I think actually three either three or four messages from different people that were running events that wanted my uh, players pack. Right. So I sent, I sent those off to everybody. So if anybody else is interested in that, I can send it. Um, and uh, any of those people that are listening that got my players pack, uh, if you want, you know, different peoples or things to get a different look, uh, email some of the other podcasts that put on events. Like I'm sure for ready, uh, o- over at the Varangian heresy podcast, he runs, uh, he runs Lincoln, right? Yeah. Because there's two different. There's Lincoln. What's the other event that they do over there? Uh, the other big one. The one in Malmo. Yeah, I'm not sure. He runs one of the two, but I think he runs Lincoln. But anyway, I'm, I'm sure he would be more than happy to send you uh, his packet if you ask him. And then I know Tim over at Ive Horus was just talking about it on their latest episode that they're writing up. Uh, an actual players pack thing for their Geigen hype stuff where before he didn't really have anything like where he could send out, but he's doing it so that 
you know, if people want the information, he can send it out. So you might hit him up for stuff. And then uh, all the other podcasts, like lots of guys that have uh, ran events or whatever, if you listen to other shows, you know, just hit them up on Facebook or email them or whatever. And I'm sure they'd be more than happy to send you different players packs to get ideas for him. For sure. For sure. So anyway, that's that. Um, We got that other message like you touched on already about the guy going to Warhammer World at the end of the month. Yeah. So we've already talked about that. Then we just got these lists to do. Sounds good. First one on the list is an Iron Warrior list. You want me to read that off? Sure. Let's do it. So this is the 3,000 point Perturabo list attempt, correct? Yes, he sent us a couple different emails. Yeah. Maybe I picked the same one off twice. Anyway, read off what you want to read off, and then we'll get to the list. He says, Hi, Mike and Ryan. I spent the morning working on a list focused around Perturabo. I would, it, would, it has deep striking drop pods and terminators, outflanking vets, and flyer taking maximum advantage of his first turn reserves. I also have a Damocles and a Proteus with an exploratory augury web to give me two plus rerollable reserves. Perturabo goes with the standard Terminator, Siegebreaker goes with the five Tyrants, and the seven Plasma Tactical Sports goes with the Proteus, and the five Meltavets go in the Dreadclaw. If necessary, I can swap the Plasma Support and Meltavets Transport as needed, and even if even fit Perturabo in with seven Plasma Supports and the Dreadclaw for Bliss Skill 5 Plasma Volley's first turn. Please let me know what you think. You know what? I didn't even think until just now that the... Uh, uh, Perturabo lets you start rolling for drop pod reserves first turn. Okay. So, so you can have all your drop. That's pretty crazy. Yep. I should have ran a Perturabo dreadnought list. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so he has a Damocles support of uh, Damocles command rhino with a dozer blade, a siege breaker with cataphracty, combi melta and a chain fist terminators. He's got seven of them. With uh, Cataphracty Terminator armor, 6F Power Fist, 6F Combi Meltas. The Sergeant has a Chain Fist and a Combi Melta. Uh, then he's got 10 Veterans. Two of them have Flamers. Four have Combi Meltas. Sergeant has Artificer Armor, Power Fist. They're in a Rhino with Dozer Blade with a Multi Melt on it. There's two units of that. Then he's got a five-man Veteran Squad with a Combi Melta. And the Sergeant has a Combi Melta Power Fist. Uh, so I'm guessing those first two were probably, um, they're in rhinos. They're probably marksmen. Yeah. I'm thinking they're marksmen. Um, then he's got a tactical support squad, which is seven man strong. Six of them have plasma guns. The sergeant has a plasma gun with artificer armor and a power fist. Uh, the took an anvilus dreadclaw, a fire raptor with, uh, the auto cannon batteries upgraded and four hill strike missiles a Land Raider Proteus with Exploratory Augury Web, Armored Ceramite, a Dozer Blade, and Extra Armor, and five Tyrant Siege Terminators. Sergeant has a Chain Fist. Then he took Perturabo. So how did you maximize on the first turn reserves, Ryan? Okay, so I just basically took his idea and kept most of the stuff the same and just moved some things around. I did get rid of the Damocles, I don't really think that you need two plus rerollable reserves. I think three plus rerollable reserves is fine. Um, it's I just felt like it was kind of overkill um, in the army. Uh, also, 
Do you have your Legion army list in front of you? Uh, a Cognus Signum counts. You can deep strike within six inches of a Signum, right? Without scat. Let me look. I will find out for you. I grabbed my other book, the uh, the Legions. I got my digital copy here. I'm racing you. Okay. Let's see if I find it. Let's see if you know about. This I looked earlier and search function. and then forgot. I probably don't. That sounds fancy. Sounds like Michael Cyberthurgy to me. Oh, to Cognis, Cognis Signum, Nuncio Vox. Uh, hmm. Oh, it's Nuncio Vox. I think a Nuncio Vox allows you to deep strike. Legion start his war with gear. it. An advanced array of sensory devices. Uh, a model with this war gear automatically counts as having an augury scanner, and has a night vision. Special rule, in addition, in lieu of model shooting with a conic cinema fire weapon, the shooting phase, single designate unit, blah, blah, blah. No. It does not let you deep strike near it. It does not does count as a No. Okay. It doesn't count as a Nuncio Vox. Why? Okay. Well, because what I was thinking, you could just put a Nuncio Vox on... Um, like the ta- whatever squad, well, I guess auras don't work inside of a Proteus. Yeah, that would only work on turn two reserves. Really, I guess what I'm getting at is the only thing you're really missing out on is the the uh, on Amoclus. The twenty four. But I guess my bubble. problem with that is right. So the thing with that is though you have to put, you would have to put your rhino like if you're wanting to deep close like deep strike super super close to the enemy, um, then you're going to have to like put that thing really close to the front of your deployment zone, and then I feel like if you don't go first, it's just going to die anyway because it's just a rhino, and and if you have everything null deployed except that, it's just going to get hammered. It still has to face off against the entire army. Before the rest of the stuff, right? Comes in. So I'm not as worried about the Land Raider Proteus because you could put armored ceramite on it, and it's fairly tough. You know what I'm saying? So depending on what they have, I mean, even even because there's a lot of things like if you think about like armies that people build, there's going to be a lot of things in their army that just really can't hurt armor 14. So they're going to have a limited amount of stuff that can hurt it. Um, and typically, you know. Even that, I mean, how often do you see someone's like Land Raider or Spartan that has armored ceramite on it die turn one? Right. It's not so. I don't know. Like, I just didn't feel like the yeah. I just didn't feel like the Damocles was super important. Uh, three plus rerollable reserves is fine. I don't really think you need the plus one. And because you're coming in from reserve turn one, there should be plenty of space on the board. Like, and none. None of the stuff you're deep striking in really has to get super close because everything in this, this army that that comes in is got to have shooting element to it, and you can't on turn that you strike anyway. So you're going to deep strike down and then shoot, and then the next turn you're going to be able to move an assault. So it's not something you have to put, put. Like if you're smart about where you place your guys, it's really not a big deal that you scatter. I guess that's what I'm saying. Like just me- pre-measure 12 inches where you don't put yourself within 12 inches of a board edge. And, you know, keep yourself fairly 
distance from their guys and you're probably not going to have any issues. Um, and then like his anvil list has the, uh, an eternal or inertial guidance anyway. So really the only thing he has to worry about is his Terminator squads, uh, that actually like scatter and can miss that. Everything else is coming in from outflank or whatever. So I just didn't feel like that was needed. Gotcha. So, so I did get rid of that. So I just putting that out there, but I'm, I'm explaining why, because that was the biggest change that I made. Uh, so anyway, so for the list that I wrote, the compulsory HQ, I took a siege breaker and terminator armor and he has cataphracty armor, combi melta chain fist. And he's going to go with the uh, five Tyrant Siege Terminators. I did change the loadout on a Siege Terminators. I don't like the Chain Fist on the Sergeant because if you get into close combat and they challenge you, you, you that guy has the highest probability of dying and losing your Chain Fist. So I feel like it's better to give the Chain Fist to just generic trooper guy where he can't be like, you know, killed in a challenge. Dude, that is like some solid but practical advice that I've never considered. Very cool. Now, the rev- the reverse of that, though, is if they decision shot you, you can look out, sir, Ooh, with okay. a sergeant where you can't where you can't with a normal guy. Now, the thing is, look out, sir, on a sergeant is only on a four up, so it's not something that's super reliable anyway. And typically things in 30K that have precision shots, they have like, like squad wide where you're going to, it's like, I put five rins on this guy, you know, like it's not something that you're typically going to survive anyway. Look out, sir or not. Um, but you seem to like lose a lot of sergeants and shit and challenges. So I, I typically, if I have the option of putting like something like a power fist or a chain fist, like on a basic bitch guy, instead of on the sergeant, I typically try to put it on the basic guys. They seem to live longer. Makes more sense. So, so anyway, I put two chain fists in the squad instead of just the one, and I just put them on basic guys and left the sergeant with a power fist. Um, so his first troop choice, um, I took ten marksman vets. Two of them have combi meltas. The sergeant has artificer armor, power fist, and I put them in a rhino with a multi melta. So it's kind of like his squads, but I just I got rid of the flamers. I don't. I'm not a big fan of mixing flamers and combi meltas. We've talked about this before. I'm more of the the school of thought where I try to build something that that's its job. I don't really like mixed, like I got flamers, but I got meltas and then you drive in and you're like, well, I really want to shoot this artillery battery, but I have these flamers to shoot these guys. And it's like, what do I do? Like if you just eliminate all your options and just fucking say, this is this guy's job, it makes your life a lot easier when you do target priority on the tabletop. And it prevents you a lot of times from making mistakes. Gotcha. So, uh, so anyway, so that's that squad. So for the next squad, I took another identical squad. So another 10 man marksman vet squad. Two of the guys have combi meltas. Sergeant has artificer or power fist and a rhino with multi melta. So both of those will obviously outflank turn one with Pedrabo. Um, for the third, I took a third veteran tactical squad. So this squad is machine killers. Um, and there it's a full 10 man unit and all 10 guys, including the sergeant have combi meltas and then the sergeant has artificer armor power fist so essentially what i did is he had a small machine killer squad in his list i just took the combi melted guys out of his other squads that were mixing with flamers and moved them over into one big squad instead of a smaller five-man squad put it all in one spot 
Um, then instead of the plasma guys, the plasma gun support guys in my list, I just took another five man veteran tactical squad with marksman and gave all five guys in the squad, including the sergeant combi plasmas. And then the sergeant has artificer armor and I'll get to why I did that in a second. Um, then I took a unit of five terminators. Uh, every terminator in the unit has a combi weapon. You can make them either melts or plasmas, your choice. Um, the sergeant and two basic guys have power fist, and then two guys have chain fist. And then I have another identical squad, so another five man terminator squad with five combi weapons that you can make either plasmas or meltas. Um, two of two of the basic guys have power fist. The sergeant has a power fist. Two guys have chain fist, and they're just going to deep strike in. So let's just have one seven man squad. This list has five man squads. Um, I took the Anvilus Dreadclaw, just like he had, so the machine killer vets will go in the Anvilus. Uh, then for heavy support, I have the the Siege Tyrant squad that we talked about before. That's just five guys. Two of them have chain fist that the Siege Breaker goes in. Um, I took a Fire Raptor. Uh, just like he had. So it's a fire after with Reaper auto cannon batteries and four hell strikes. And then for the third and final heavy support choice, I took the land Raider Proteus um, with dozer blade armored ceramite and the exploratory augury web. And then obviously for the war, I took Petarabo with forge breaker. So in his list, he talked about putting Petarabo in with the plasma guys in the land Raider but it doesn't have the transport capacity to do that because when you take the exploratory augury web, it drops the transport capacity down. Right. So that's why I traded in the tactical support squad just for the five veterans because then Petarabo will fit in there with them if he still wants to do that. If he still wants to ride along instead of just deep. Because I think it drops down. Am I asking you another question you don't know? Would you ask? I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure it drops it down. The when you take the land raider with the augury web, it drops it the transport capacity down to eight, if I remember correctly. It was eight or six, but I will tell you right now. If it's six, Petarabo won't even fit in it then like even with the, only the five guys. No, you're right, it's eight. Yeah, that's what I thought. So yeah. So Petarabo will fit in there with the five guys. <laughs> so it's really pretty close to the same as his list. Um, but it's got instead of the Damocles. Uh, I made, basically I have five veterans in place of the six tactical support guys, or sorry, the seven tactical support guys, which we talked about why. Um, I streamlined the sniper veterans. Um, then I made the, the machine killer vet squad much larger. And then I put in two five man terminator squads instead of a single seven man, um, put extra chain fists in with the siege tyrants and then everything else is pretty much the same. So, but if you look at this, he's going to turn one with three, he's going to have three plus rollable reserves. Uh, he's going to have a scouted Proteus with all those pl combi plasma guys in it with Petarabo joined to him, which he can do the Cognosignum thing like he talked about. Um, the Siege Breaker and the Siege Tyrants can either start on the board or deep strike in with all those 10 counter missiles, then he's going to have two deep striking five man Terminator squads with combi melt, combi meltas or combi plasmas or any combination on every guy. Then he's going to have two veteran with a bunch of hyper and combi meltas. And then he's going to have a anvilus come in with 
10 machines killers with a bunch more meltas and a fire raptor coming in. That's a uh, pretty solid, pretty brutal all at one time, especially with the, uh, I mean, you could just get all hitting hit first turn. Right. The other thing, the other reason I got rid of the Damocles, because the Proteus with the Augury Web has Scout, it means it can outflank as well. So if he wasn't really concerned about the rerolls, like if the guy, if the, his opponent really had like severe Alpha Strike potential, he could technically null deploy the entire list and just outflank the Proteus. Um, and then he would lose out on the rerolls, but it would keep the opponent from having a single target on the table. And then if you didn't get all your stuff in turn one, whatever didn't, you would get your rerolls for turn two. Yep. That's very cool. So. But anyway, that's all I changed. So he may not like the idea of getting rid of the Damocles. I personally just didn't feel it was really needed. I mean, all you're really deep striking in that doesn't have an internal or inertial guidance are the two Terminator squads because the Tyrants... Yeah, you, you could. You're probably going to deep strike them, but they they have 48 inch range. I mean, you don't really have to deep strike them near anything if you don't want to. No, they can, and a lot of people don't do that. Like a lot of people don't like see that as like a viable option, and just like always get them up in people's face. It's like, nah, man, they've they've got missile launchers. Like they'll they'll be just fine. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I mean, you can't. I'm just saying, like, you don't have to drop them, like. Like, when I say that, like, you can drop them, you can pre-measure 13 inches away where you're not going to mishap and just land 13 inches away. And then even if you scatter, you're still fine. Um, but you don't, they're not, not like a unit where you need to deploy them, like, two inches away from your opponent. That's just not necessary. No. No, it's not. So. Anyway, so that's that list. So what do you think? Is there anything I missed or you would change? Or... No, it's going to be... The only thing that I'd have to I'd worry about is like people who play like drop pod armies or something like that. Like they're just gonna like go second, let you deploy in the their side of the table, and then just go deploy on your side of the table. But something to consider because like once they do, they're kind of a mobile. But I think that's pretty cool. With the Proteus, lets you re-roll, uh, re-roll reserves. Uh, good or bad, like it, it lets you reroll reserves, whether or not the reserve works or whether it doesn't. It lets you choose. So right, kind of gives you some work on that, but <laughs> so I like it. It's cool. It's a fun list. I mean, there's so many different ways to take advantage of like Perturabo's first turn, like <laughs> first turn reserve rolls, and I think you know. Yeah, I mean it's it's we've talked about it before. It's one of the it's it's definitely in the top three most powerful abilities in the game, probably. Yeah, I'd hate to see somebody go full ham on that full hog, run all the flyers first turn. I mean, it'd be brutal. Well, we've talked about that before. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. anyway. Next up on the list, man, twenty five hundred point Colt militia. With Colt Militia Allies. So Colt Militia with Colt Militia Allies, is that right? Yeah, that's illegal. At least I, I I don't see any way 
I looked at this and I did research on it and everything that I looked at this to me, I found that it was illegal because cult militia just count as Imperial army. You know, when you look them up on the ally chart and if you look at the, the ally chart, because you can't ally with yourself, there's not even a, like where you, you go in one column and you trace it over to the other column and see what your level of alliance is. It's blank from Imperial Army to Imperial Army because you can't ally with yourself. Ooh. Ooh. So, do you want me to read this list off? <laughs> yeah, you go ahead, and read the, go ahead and read the list off because you still need the idea of what he's trying to do, but I, I think this list is illegal. And, you know, in the, in the core rulebook, it says when taking allies, you can't take allies from the same faction. You know, it just straight says, like, your allied detachment and your core detachment can't be the same faction, which this is. Just because you take different providences, it's still the same army. And then, like I said, when you look at the allied chart for 30k, it, you know, the column's blank when you trace Imperial Army over to Imperial Army. But go ahead and read it. Gotcha. Uh, so the email says, Hey guys, Josh from Tyler, again with an all-cult militia army list per review. I took Ryan's consideration of hearts while making this list and think I could prove quite a lethal force. So here's what we go. Uh, he took a, an HQ, which is a force commander with a power axe, mastercrafted. He's got a melted bomb, iron halo, cyber familiar, digital lasers, planetary overlord, survivor. said he took the survivors of the Dark Age and abhuman helots. And then he's yep. got four auxilla meta medicaid orderlies he's yep. got a unit of grenaders with uh last rifles two plasma guns advanced weapons and uh fixilla then he's got a another 20-man squad with uh two plasma pretty armed exactly the same uh yep. then he's got a fire support squad 10 of them all last cannons another fire fire support squad seven of them this time all last cannons he's got first one's auto cannon Oh, I'm sorry. Auto cannons. I guess I read them wrong. So, so he's got ten auto cannons and seven last cannons. Gotcha. Yep. So then he took a storm hammer assault tank with targeters for his Lord of War. Then he took an allied militia army, which is the he's got a force commander with power axe, iron halo, cyber familiar, digital weapons, feral warriors, alchem jackers. And he took inducted levy squad. He took a 50-man inducted levy squad with pistols, close combat weapon, friends, and blade and fury. Then he took another 50-man inducted levy squad, exactly the same. So 100 dudes. Then he took a heavy support auxilla heavy ordnance battery with uh, Medusa breacher shells. So he took the Medusa battery. And I'm guessing, oh, he took 27 dudes in there. Is that what I'm seeing? Yeah, it's the max crew. So he took the max. Because it's max, it's the gun. It's it's eight, what is it? I think it's eight crew members per gun, and there's three guns. So. Yeah. That, yeah, and then the three guns. So yeah, 27 is the unit size. So if I read the province rules correctly, each detachment can have two <laughs> provs. So there's that. Obviously a lack of mobility. Not really sure how to overcome that since Forge World has been out of are only transport for over a year, and air threats will fuck this army over. Uh, I use the roided-out levies with five attacks each on the charge to form a wall of bodies 
rushing and probably using it to swamp units into combat till everything else catches up. I feel the heavy artillery become really become a benefit. The artillery really benefited from the Alchem Jackers by only being pinned rather than ditching the guns altogether. That's true. Uh, the warlord yes. will set merchant, uh, merchant, princeling, princeling, oh, merchant that, princeling. Because with planetary overlord trait, so he's saying merchant prince or the AP of a of a chosen unit by one. So he's going to choose it on the auto cannon. So the auto, the ten auto cannons become AP three. Gotcha. Any other tips or tricks will be appreciated. Thanks for everything you guys do. Keeping the community hard for heresy. So what did you do, Ryan? Okay. So like I said, I'm pretty sure that this list is illegal. But if you look at it, he's got four troop choices in the primary and only two troop choices in the allied. So that's six troops. So you could literally just combine those and you'd be good. Same thing with he didn't take any. Any heavy support in the in the primary, but he took one in the secondary. So once again, you could just move that over. So really, because you're only allowed one force commander, he could take this exact list all as one army and just have to ditch one of the force commanders and still be able to run everything. But he's only going to be able to take two providences instead of the four and have some guys that have one and some guys that have the other. So I basically just combined all of his stuff and then for the providences, I personally chose Survivors of the Dark Age so that all this stuff gets basically plus one to its armor save, and then you can buy the advanced weapons. And then I chose the um, Alchem Jackers, which is a huge benefit to militia because they have kind of shitty leadership. So Alchem Jackers makes it to where when you're in an assault, you never take any... Uh, penalties to your leadership for losing an assault so it's kind of like stubborn an assault and then if you fail a morale check due to shooting you just become pinned instead of actually falling back so he's losing out on the tough four for some of his guys and then he's losing out on the weapons the one higher weapon skill which on the levy you're going from weapon skill two to weapon skill three so you're not to me it's not a huge deal you know what I mean? You're still going to be hitting weapon skill four guys on fours regardless, which is what the majority of the game is. So um, so that's why I went with those two providences. So anyway, let me find this list here. Militia. So I took a force commander with planetary overlord and selected merchant princeling, just like he did, with alchem jackers and survivors of the dark age. I gave him a power weapon, which it'll be an axe, just like he wanted. Uh, iron halo, melt bombs, digital lasers, cyber familiar. For troops, I took a 20-man grenadier squad with uh, LAS rifles. Uh, two of the guys have plasma guns, and then they have advanced weapons. So exactly like how he took his squads, but you don't need the Vexilla anymore because these guys are Alchem Jackers now, so there's no point in getting bonuses to, you know whatever, because you're not taking any leadership penalties anyway. So it's kind of a waste of points. Uh, so for the second troops choice, I took another identical 20 man grenadier squad. So two plasma guns, uh, las rifles, advanced weapons and a 20 man unit for the third troops choice. I took a 50 man levy squad, um, with friends on and pistols and close combat weapons. So, Basically, they're going to be three, two attacks base because they're one base, then they have two close combat weapons, 
and then they'll, with friends on gives them rage, so they'll become four attacks on the charge. So it's the exact same idea that he had before, except that they uh, are just one fewer attack. Uh, so there, and then for the fourth troops choice, I took another fifty man levy squad with friends on uh, pistol. For the fifth troop choice, I took a ten man fire support team with auto cannons. So that's what he said he's going to put the guy in and, and lower the auto cannon AP to three. And then for the sixth and final troop slot, I took a another ten uh, man fire support or militia fire team squad, but that one has last cannons. So in, his list only had seven last cannons. This one has 10 in it. Um, for elites, oh, sorry, I clicked somebody's, I'm trying to scroll and people are sending me messages and I accidentally clicked on the message. <laughs> so for elites, I took uh, four Medicaid orderlies. It's Tim from Eye of Horus. He's fucking with our podcast. It's probably on purpose. He's running psyops on us. Anyway, <laughs> Um, so for elites, I, uh, I took four Medicaid orderlies just like he had. So those will, you'll put one each in the fire teams and one each in the grenadier squads to give them all feel no pain for heavy support in his army. He had one unit of three of the heavy ordnance batteries. What I did is, is, uh, took two units of two. So it's uh, a unit of two with maximum crew. So each gun has eight crew members and then each gun is upgraded to Medusas that have breacher shells. And then took a, another squad identical. So it's two squads of two with breacher shell, Medusa guns with breacher cells and max crew. And then for Lord of War, I took the Stormhammer just like he had. But the one that I took in this list has hull mounted LAS cannon, armored ceramite, and targeters. So basically, I built his same list, but because I didn't have to take that second uh, or any other of these points. So points, I added in the fourth uh, artillery gun and split the squads. So you're going to be able to shoot two different targets, which is going to give you more bang for your buck, and you can split that fire around, which is going to end up being better for you. Um, I put armored ceramite on that storm hammer, so it's going to make that much more durable. Um, and then I made that uh, last cannon team bigger for you. So I, I think this is really the same kind of idea you were going for. Um, but I know that for a fact, this is a hundred percent legal and I actually feel like this is going to be a little bit harder hitting with that second artillery unit and the more last cannons in it. So I, I think that this is a better list on top of being on, on top of being, um, like not questionable on its legality, which I I'm pretty, like I said, I'm, I'm like 99% sure that his other list is illegal. I don't think you can have militia allied to militia. But I, I feel like the list that I wrote captures everything he wanted to do anyway and, you know, will perf perform, like I said, uh, slightly better with the double artillery units, the more durable, super heavy, and then the extra uh, last cannons in there. I definitely, dude, I, I want to see these, like, massive, like, everybody keeps talking about building these militia lists with these, like, massively loaded out artillery units with like full crew and everything like that, but I haven't seen any yet. So definitely looking forward to seeing that kind of thing. I got something I'm working on. So <laughs> just completely filled out like a hundred percent. What? Like 
you just got you're gonna have them like fully loaded out 27 crew yes well that's that's if you take three in a unit um i own six currently so three units of two but we got a guy building custodes here and like i said i may have to just put the hammer down on those golden fuck boys and i sent you that list i thought about building my super mega anti custodes list to uh dish out uh justice if that comes to fruition and it needs to be dished out for sure so that list will have nine of them but i i have six already um and they all have max crew when I remember the Gorgon idea, like the Gorgon thing fell through because they, they're not assault. Ve- they are, in, they're assault vehicles in 40 K. And I just took it for granted that they were either open topped or assault vehicles because you know, it's a giant open topped model with an assault ramp. <laughs> then I just was thinking of the 40 K rules. And then when I looked at the 30 K rules after I'd already bought them and seen that you can't assault out of them, it totally killed my idea for what I was originally doing on my list. So I just switched over to having giant horde of guys with more artillery in it in my personal list. Sounds good. So I want to see that army, by the way. Are you gonna build it up? Are you gonna build the anti custodes list? Or is that just uh It's pretty much just, it's pretty much just the same list. It's just taking more artillery instead of the Stormlord. So many dudes. And taking more guys. Um, I have all the models to do it except for the three artillery guns. Ugh. So, I don't know. It's one of those things I don't... It would be kind of funny. I mean, it's it's a lot... Like, I don't... It's not just anti-custos. Like, I think it would work well against a lot of armies, but it's kind of like... It's a little bit boring. Like, I prefer my other militia list with the Stormlord and the Ogres and, you know, different... Opposed to just spamming out giant levy squads, artillery, and a, you know, whatever. I gotcha. Okay. But, uh, just so people know, if you wanted to ally something in, like if you're having problems with custodes, because all their vehicles have flare shields on the front, if you shoot artillery at them, you hit, you always hit side armor. And most most of the Custodes tanks have lighter armor on the side anyway, on top of which they don't get their flare shield bonus. So if you can hit them with barrage, it's a good way to get rid of their tanks. Because it hits that side armor. Yeah. So shooting them with uh, breacher shells out of a Medusa where it's strength 10 AP1 armor bane on armor 12 sides, getting around their flare shield is a good way to get rid of them quick. That's a very good advice. Hopefully you're not so getting your ass chewed against so hard against uh, custodes that you have to go ally some militia, but, you know, pretty, <laughs> it's pretty good advice. So. All right. Let's bounce over to the next list, the Space Wolves list. Were you excited doing this one? Was this a fun one? It was fun. I liked it. So, so. this... This comes from Tom, and Tom says, Hi, guys. First things first, love the show. Started with f- started with finding the So You Just Bought a Calth episode around the end of last year and have been listening ever since. 
even going back through your back catalog, which is awesome. I'm getting back into the game after maybe 10 years and not playing and going back into my first love, the Space Wolves. The old armor, though, through the ages, Mark II models, was what I used for my Wolf Lord back when I had just started playing. Okay, so, oh yeah, I remember they had that Mark II model, the armor through the ages, that, like, Thunderlord-looking guy, or Thunder... Uh, had a Thunder Warrior. Warrior, and then they had a then they had a Mark II. Yeah. Uh, with the releases of Rules in Inferno, I've been writing up some Space Wolves list. I know there's a lot of confusion around the rules at the moment, so I've gone for a fairly strict interpretation, i.e. no Pride of the Legion for Space Wolves, as you need to take Gray Slayers as compulsory. Okay, very cool. Uh, I well, my wanted... thing on that, like, okay. just real quick to touch on that, because I have the Space Wolf rules right here. If you interpret it super strict like that, we've went over this before when we went through the thing, but Lehman Russ himself has a rule called the Circle of uh, Varagir. If Lehman Russ is your warlord, then the primary detachment which contains him may select uh, Varagir, Wolfguard, Terminator squads, and Legion veteran tactical squads as compulsory troop choices in their force organization chart. So if you, so basically, people are trying to say you can't take rights of war that give you an option to not take Grace Slayers as your two compulsory, like or break or Pride of Legion or whatever. Hey, special rule book either. I gotcha. So I think this is pretty strong evidence that basically what that rule is implying is that all the normal compulsory troop choices, which are assault marines, um, tacticals, and breachers become support, and gray slayers are your only normal compulsory. But if you take a right of war that would give you access to something else's compulsory, that's fine too. But that's just, I mean, I, I think that that's, you know, to me it's fairly clear, especially when looking at that. But I see where some people want to argue about it, I guess. Definitely needs FAQ'd. Gotcha. At least he took a stance on it on what he's going to do. Right. I kind of wanted to do a foot slogging list, because, but because you lose your mobility from Warrior's Metal if you attach a character, then I don't think it's viable, so I've done a couple variants from the old school Rhino Rush. Would love to get your thoughts on either a list or both if you have a chance. I started with a base of infantry and just, kind of, and just the kind of units I enjoyed back in the day. But as I only have 30 Marines with bolters and close combat weapons built up, feel free to change it up however you like. It's awesome as the rules are. I don't like the Charybdis model, though, because it's so damn huge and spiky and won't fit in any storage I can footslog to my club. If you want to read out the show or shoot me back an email, either would be really fantastic, especially you have as you're mad busy making hobby progress. Those black shields are totally insane. Keep up the great work, Ryan, and I hope your itchy ass is fully recovered. How is your itchy ass, by the way? Feels better. It took several days to get over, but it does feel better currently. Okay. Did It was all because of that kettle corn, I'm guessing? No, it was uh, pork rinds. I don't know what it was from. It could have been from that. <laughs> but, I mean, I ate more. After that, it didn't stop me from eating more. <laughs> <laughs> and it did, it did go away. So, um... 
you don't if if you want to read both these lists, you can, Michael. But the one that I kind of build off of was the second list. Okay, that's the one I'm gonna of read the off. Then. Okay, so that one says bike and right raider. So he took a Praetor uh, with the Bloody Claws, Rites of War, with Paragon Blade, Melted Gun, Melt Bomb, and Digital Lasers. A Priest of Fenris with a Great Frostblade, Artifice Armor, Melt Bombs. He took 10 Gray Slayers. The Huskarl has the Frost Weapon, Artifice Armor, Bolter, Melt Bombs. And then just the uh, two Power Fists are in the unit. And they're in a Rhino, just barebone Rhino. Uh, he took that three times. So 10 Gray Real Slayers. Real quick. Good. Real, real quick to touch on that, this was another thing I spotted. Uh, it's kind of weirdly worded, so I get why it could be missed. But if you read the Grayslayer gray pack rules, so it says any model in the squad may take one of the following. And then Bolter, Bolter, exchange or close combat weapon. So it says squad may take one of the following. Then and then it lists those one of which is a bolter which he did he gave everybody a bolter. Underneath that it says for every five models models in the squad, one model may take one of the following options instead of those listed previously. So if you and then the power the power fists are in there. So if you notice he gave all nine guys bolt guns and then also gave two of those guys power fists and I don't think you can do that. I think you could only give seven of the guys bolters and then the power fist guys. They get power fist instead of the bolter. Weird, but I get it. Understand? Okay. Yeah, because it says for every five models in the squad, one model may take one of the following options instead of those listed previously. And obviously, the bolter and combat and all that stuff is what's listed previously. So if he wants to, I'm just telling him that because I changed it in the list I wrote for him, but I'm just explaining that now. So even if he wants to make tweaks or whatever to the list that I wrote for him, just keep that in mind to keep your squad legal. Anybody that you upgrade to that second set of options can't have the bolt gun. So, and also that's just good information for other space wolf people listening. For sure. Hell yeah. So, All right. So go ahead. So we got the three gray slayer squads. Then he took an eight-man veteran Space Marine squad. The veteran sergeant has an artifice armor and power fist. They're going weapon masters with uh, seven veteran Space Marines. Uh, two have power weapons. Uh, then he took a two Contemptor Quartus Dreadnoughts. Uh, they have the Dreadnought Close Combat Weapon with Graviton cannon or Graviton gun inside of it each. So they got dual Dreadnought Close Combat Weapons with dual Graviton guns. Uh, and he took two of those. Um, then he has a three attack bikes with uh, three multi belts on them. They all have multi bombs. Then he took a land speeder mounted with a multi melta and a hole mounted havoc launcher. He took two of them. Then he took a land raider phobos, just bare bones. And that's it. That's what he's got. Yeah. So we didn't read off his previous list, but his previous. Previous list is fairly the same, but instead of having the the three Grayslayer squads and the veteran squad, he just has two Grayslayer squads and a giant assault marine squad. And then uh, he had five attack bikes instead of the three. So that's kind of the difference between the two lists without going through it. So anyway, the list that I came up with him is kind of a combination of the two. And then I, I fixed that uh, bolter power fist thing. So... His Praetor in, in this list is just Paragon Blade Melt Bombs Digital Lasers. Like I feel like if you're going to take a Praetor, you should kind of 
go all in and give him more war gear so he'll, you know, last longer or whatever. If you wanted to go, I think you have to take a Praetor and a, well, you can take a basic Centurion. So if you're wanting to keep him cheap and kind of skimp on war gear like this, I would have went with the, the standard Centurion option. But I guess if you do that, you don't get the right of war. So anyway, so I'm sorry. But anyway, so in this that I wrote, uh, I called a Praetor with uh, the Bloody Claw Right of War with Aether Rune Armor, Power Fist, Paragon Blade, Iron Halo. So if you look, his guy has Digital Lasers and Melt-A-Bombs, which is 20 points. I just took a Power Fist, which is also 20 points instead of those two. When it's paired with the Paragon Blade, you get the extra attack, just like the Digital Lasers. And instead of just getting a single Melt-A-Bomb attack, you're going to have five Power Fist attacks on the charge. So that's just something for people to keep in mind when you're building a Praetor. Um, instead of just having, if you're already, if you're doing digital lasers, melt-a-bombs, and you already have a power Paragon Blade, you can, you can just trade both those in for a Power Fist and kind of get, you'll get the same number of attacks, which, but better, in my opinion, I'd rather have the five Power Fist attacks than just a single melt-a-bomb attack. Yeah, all so, day. All day. Yeah, right. So the second HQ is a Priest of Fenris with a great... It's the Speaker of the Dead with a great Frostblade Artificer Armor Melt-A-Bombs. So it's the same guy that he had. For troops, I have a Grayslayer squad with uh, seven bolt guns on basic guys. And then the two that don't have bolt guns have Power Fists. And then the, the Huskarl has Power Weapon, Artificer Armor, Bolter, Melt-A-Bombs. Um, so he has frost weapons on his guys. Here's the thing with the frost weapon. So a frost weapon is the exact same stat line as, as the power weapon equivalent. So like a frost axe is the same as a power axe. The only difference is it's additional plus one strength. So a, a frost sword would be plus one strength. The frost axe is plus two. The problem is they're specialist weapon. So like on a sergeant like this, that already comes with a bolt pistol, you lose, you're gaining one more strength, but you're losing an attack. So would you, I'm not going to get into all of it, but basically the math ends up the same for like when you're putting wounds on it. Like if you add an attack to a guy or add a strength, it usually turns out the same number of wounds that you're doing. Um, the thing is though, frost weapons cost five points more than the just a power weapon. So I feel like you would only really want to go frost weapons if you're, uh, like if you're doing it on a Terminator, which can't get the bonus attack already because they have a Storm Bolter or something like that. But if you got a guy that has a bolt pistol and he's just a sergeant, you're better off saving points and just putting standard power weapons on him unless it's for pure fluff purposes that you're doing frost weapons. But I feel like you could just take a power weapon and paint it however you want. Say it's a, you know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. So now that I went on this tangent, let's go. So the unit is sergeant with power weapon, artificer armor, bolter, melt-a-bombs. And then the, the other nine guys, uh, seven of them have bolters, two of them have power fist, and then every guy comes stock standard with bolt pistol chainsword. They're in a rhino with multi And I took that unit three times. So it's the same three Grayslayer squads. I did two. The difference is the 
frost weapon, power weapon, like we talked about. I fixed the bolter power fist thing, and his rhinos don't have multi meltas. I put multi meltas on all the rhinos. Um, for elites, I took eight space marine veterans with weapon masters, just like he did. Uh, two of the guys I gave power weapons to. The sergeant has artificer armor and power fist. Um, f- for the second elite choice, I took a contemptor cordis with uh, a contemptor cordis talon with one cordis dreadnought with uh, dual close combat weapons with graviton gun in each fist. Which works. Really I only well. took one. Right. I only took one cordis. Um, he has two in his list. I dropped one, and then with the points, I uh, put. I'll, I'll, you'll see what I did with the points when, when on this next unit. So for fast attack, I took a five-man unit of attack bikes. Uh, all five of them have multi-meltas, and all five of them have melt-a-bombs. Um, and then for the second fast attack choice, I took a javelin land speeder, just base, so heavy bolter, um, twin-link cyclone missile launcher. And for the third fast attack choice, I took another javelin, uh, that's just base. So another heavy bolter cyclone. He had normal land speeders. I just feel like the javelins are just better and they're like the same points. If he's worried about money, uh, or already owns these other plastic land speeders, he can just throw them like the same points. So, uh, he can run this exact same list and just put his land speeders in if he wants. But if, if, uh, he's not worried about spending the money and wants a cool model and wants to perform better, the javelin will work better. And, I took him out of the squadron just because he had the fast attack slots. If you wanted to build on this army and have more fat to put something else in that's fast attack, you could just put them in a squadron together, but don't squadron things. If you don't have to, there's really no benefit to it. Um, and then finally for heavy support, I took a land Raider Phobos, but I gave it a dozer blade and armored ceramite. Uh, anytime you take a land Raider, or a Spartan or something like that, I feel like Armored Ceramite's a must-have. I mean, you, you, just to protect that already super expensive investment and never leave home without a dozer blade on a tank that costs more than, you know, 130 points or something. Just put a five-point dozer blade on it because you'll guaranteed, if you don't, to roll a one on a bush and get stuck. So, so anyway, that's that's the list that I wrote for him. So basically, I just dropped one Cordis, and then with those points, made the attack bike squad bigger, upgraded the land speeders to javelins, um, put a little bit more war gear on the Phobos, and then decked out his Praetor a little bit more. Sounds good. I get it. And then fixed the, fixed the Gray Slayers. So, and this list that I wrote for him is ni- 1,994 points, so he's got six points left over. Um I guess you could put melt bombs back on the Praetor if, in case you ran into something that the Power Fist just absolutely didn't work against. Uh, and you wanted the one melt bomb attack, you could do that, I guess. But anyway, it's that list. So what do you think? Did you see anything in there that you would... Ch- like? I like this list because with these Gray Slayers, you can drive six inches with the Rhino, get out six inches... Um, then run them, and then next turn you get to move, uh, shoot, then or move, run, and then charge because of the warrior metal rule. So you're almost guaranteed to turn two charge with them. Yeah, no, I I dig it a lot. I mean, it's classic Rhino Rush. I mean, what what can I say? Like this is he's yeah. not going to be any stranger to it. It sounds like he yeah. It, 
an attack bike squad will keep up fine. The Cordis, you know, the Cordis is fast. It's got the the rules where you can change it to make it move fast too. And it's then he's got, got the fleet. veterans. With, yeah, and then he's got the veterans with the uh, the two characters and the the Proteus, which can also drive up and get a turn two charge as well. So pretty cool. I like it. I like it a lot. I mean, I have no complaints on it. It's classic Space Wolves. Like, there's not a lot going on that's any different than what he wouldn't understand. I mean, yeah, I like it. He's gonna have a good time. I used the Cordis this weekend with dual graviton in his hand. Man, they they do so good. I mean, that was such a smart move to switch back from assault cannons to graviton. Oh, it's so they're so good. Unless you know, there's a big clump of infantry in front of you, then it's kind of useless, but. You know, it's good for throwing whole points on tanks. Yeah, it de- I, I, yeah, I like it. We've talked about that before when we were weighing like assault cannons versus melta guns versus graviton and all that stuff back when you played at my event here. Yeah. All right, last list on the list. That's gonna. So be- this one came off of. Oh, sorry, go ahead. This one came on the Facebook page, right? So, I got this one here. It's from John Miller. So, he says, uh, Hi, guys. I was introduced to your podcast by the Eye of Horus podcast. Uh, you guys are the best at fluff whacking. So, he likes us and Eye of Horus. So, that's cool. <laughs> um, he says, I am new to the Horus Heresy. I'm very into fluff, but I'm also about being competitive. Ultramarines uh, are my f- are my legion of choice, and I have no idea what right of war to take. I was attempting to tailor a sudden balance list for the Warhammer Fest Heresy Grand Tournament. Please look at my list and give me some advice. I feel like any list I make will get crushed. Uh, please feel free to let me know if you need any additional info. Thank you, John. So he wrote just a generic... Uh, 2000 point ultramarine list with no like no particular right of war just you know just a standard list so we'll reverse roles here real quick michael i'll read you this list and then you give me your initial thoughts on what you would change so he has a a praetor with the mantle of ultramar which is their i their uh specific thing i think it gives uh it's just artificer armor that i think gives them feel no pain if i remember right um then he's got a bolt pistol, the Gladius Invictus, which is their relic weapon, which oh, most people, okay. most places allow relics. So I believe it's like a, a power sword that's like plus two strength or plus one strength that uh, has like a special rule where any type of invulnerable save that you get from a shield has to be re-rolled or something like that. Um so, so start again. So he's got a Praetor with Mill of Ultimar, Gladius Invictus, Melta Bombs, Bolt Pistol, Digital Lasers, Iron Halo. Then he's got six Invictus Suzerains. One of the guys has a Thunderhammer. Then he has a Chaplain in Artificer Armor with Bolt Pistol Chainsword. And then his Crozius, which he can make any power weapon that he wants. Um, then he's got a Primus Decay with Artificer Armor and Power Weapon. 
Then he has just 10 basic uh, tactical Marines. The, hang on. the sergeant has melt bombs. Then he has another 10 basic tactical Marines. The sergeant has melt bombs. Then he has another 10 basic tactical Marines. The sergeant has melt bombs. Then he has 10 breacher Marines. The sergeant has a breaching charge and melt bombs. And then all 10 of the breachers have power swords because ultramarines can take power swords on all their guys. Oh, wow. Then he has eight, then he has eight terminators. He doesn't say what armor they are, so we'll just call them cataphracty, but he doesn't say. So he's got eight terminators. Uh, six of them have combi bolters. Four of them have power weapons. Uh, one of them has a power fist. One of them has a chain fist. One of them has a thunder hammer. And then one guy has a plasma blaster. And then he has a Spartan with a flare shield and nothing else. Okay, so first things first. So I'm guessing the... And this is how I guess I would put things. Uh, Praetor with the Caesareans are going with the Chaplain into the Spartan? I'm guessing? Yeah. Or is that for the turn? Okay. With the... With the... Okay. Oh, I was saying the Primus Medicaid would go in with the Breachers, but... Oh, yeah, they do. Because from what I understand and from what it sounds like after hearing that, everything's walking except for the badasses that get to ride in the Spartan. Yeah, which will either be the Terminators or the, the Suzerains. Okay. So assuming that the Suzerains, like, I guess if you're going to walk anything, you'd want to walk... Suzerains are, what, three up in Vulnerable Save, right? Oh, six up against shooting, five up in close combat. They just have breacher. They just have uh, boarding shields. Oh, I thought they had badass shields. Okay, so yeah, definitely put those expensive ass dudes inside the Spartan. Spartan. Well, yeah, yeah. Put them in the Spartan because you're definitely not going to want to walk them out in the open. The if you take cataphracty armor, that's going to be more survivable in the open than those poor suzerains. Yeah. Uh, so what would be the first thing you would want to do with a list like this? Uh, like if you were, if somebody brought you this, what would what would be what would be your first recommendation? Uh, get get everything loaded up into some sort of vehicle, or pick a ride of war that lets you deep yeah. strike or something like that, or outflank okay. anything that gets you into the enemy's face really quick. Because just foot slogging forward is probably going to be a death sentence against every single army I've ever played with, against or with right. or. Right, especially with this, this much just power armor. Yeah, yeah. It thirty K is the uh is a land of AP three, so you will find a lot of things that will kill stuff out in the open. So anyway, so what'd you do, Ryan? How'd you fix them? How'd you fix them up? So here's what I did. So I changed this Praetor around slightly. So I took a Praetor with Mantle of Ultramar, Paragon Blade, Melt Bombs, Digital Lasers, Iron Halo. So it's the same guy that he has, uh, except I just swapped the Relic for the Paragon Blade. Most places don't let you take the Relic. Um, even if they do let you take the Relic, a Paragon Blade, to me, is better than the Ultramarine Relic anyway, and I believe it's cheaper as well. So I just I, I think it's a, you're just better off sticking with the Paragon Blade. Um, for the second HQ, I took a Chaplain, just exactly how you have it, uh, just a Power Axe for his free power weapon with Artificer Armor. And I got rid of the Primus Medicae, and instead of the Primus Medicae, I just took a generic basic Chaplain as an Elite, 
or sorry, chaplain, sorry, uh, just a basic apothecary. And that guy has artificer armor and power sword. Um, for troops. So I took the right of war pride of the Legion. That way he can take all these, uh, basic tactile Marines and just play them as veterans and, you know, give them like basically make them way more useful while still using the same models. We've talked about this all the time. So I have the first troop choice is a 10 man veteran squad. Um, two of the 10, two of the 10 guys have combi meltas. Sergeant has artificer armor and I put them in a Rhino. For the second troops choice, I took the exact same unit. So another 10 marksman vets, two combi meltas, Artificer armor on sergeant and a rhino with multi-melta. And then for the third troops choice, I took his eight terminators that he has. Um, but I changed the war gear slightly around. So it's eight terminators. Two of them have power weapons. Two of them have power fist. Three of them have chain fist. And the sergeant has a power fist. And they go in the Spartan that he has. But I took the Spartan with armored ceramite dozer blade as opposed to just flare shield. I feel like the, the armored ceramite and the dozer blade are more important upgrades than the flare shield. I would start there before buying the flare shield for elites. I took seven Invictus suzerains, two of which have thunder hammer. So basically just made the squad one more one bigger than he did. And then gave that extra guy a thunder hammer. And I bought them a dedicated Phobos land Raider and the Phobos has dozer blade armored ceramite. And that's it. So in the list that I wrote, he, it's two veteran tacticals instead of the, the three basic tacticals. And they all get, they, they both those squads get, uh, rhinos with multi meltas. And then the terminators go in the Spartan that has the ceramite instead of the ceramite and dozer blade instead of the flare shield. I made the suzerains one bigger and then bought them a Phobos. I basically got rid of the breachers and with the extra points, bought these guys a Phobos. Um, and so in this, Kaplan and the medic with the Susan Reigns and the Land Raider. I gotcha. Okay. That's so it essentially it. uses all of it. Yeah, a lot more durability. So this uses all of his models. He's just going to have to buy a Land Raider and two Rhinos. But other than that, it uses all his other models, except for the Breachers, which I dropped from the list. That Breacher squad would be really good in Zone Mortalis, so I don't. I wouldn't like get rid of Like if you've if if you really like that unit, it's it's not something that's great in a standard game, but it's extremely good in Zone Mortalis. So I would definitely keep that unit around, but look more to use them in Zone Mortalis than on the open battlefield, personally. For sure. Yeah. So that's it. So I... I mean, I, I hope this helps him out, and and it's one of those things, I hope he has time, you know, to get a, a Land Raider and two Rhinos ready to go for the event, because I think this will do a lot better than uh, foot slogging around. If you absolutely don't have time to do it, or don't have the money, or don't want to change it, at a minimum, I would uh, change all three of those normal tactical squads over to just sniper vets or sorry, marksman vets, so at least they outflank. You don't really have to buy them rhinos, but at least they'll outflank in. And you'll need 90 points to do that. With To get those 90 points, I would just drop a couple Terminators or uh, 
instead of taking a primary cage, take more chaplain and put it with the suzerains instead of putting them with the terminate or the terminators or breachers that should save you enough points to do that if you don't want to buy the vehicles got it sounds good when is warhammer fest no idea uh, okay <laughs> so but anyway i mean I, I i feel like that's pretty helpful advice um i so i i hope that uh you know it, it works out for him, regardless of which direction he wants to go in it. Um, if he wants a... I don't know if he plays very much Zone Mortalis, but if he wants a Zone Mortalis list written with that Breacher unit in there, uh, I'd be more than happy to do it for him. I like writing Zone Mortalis. List. I like Breachers, so it would work out very well. Yeah. They work so well in Zone Mortalis because they're more geared, like with the heart hardened armor and the boarding shield and all that they're they're more geared for that environment anyway and then when you take that zomortalis right of war where it raises their invulnerable save on their shield and then um it allows you to you know take that a single deep striking squad of terminators and all that it just there, there's some synergy there that you can make them really really good in zomortalis for sure absolutely Makes them worth their points. I mean, you, that way you're not paying for stuff you're not using, you know? Right. So, so that's it. That's all the lists. Good job, Ryan. Got one, one left. Here. People hear that? I'm warming it up. You warming up the wheel? Warming up the wheel. So... For those of y'all that don't understand how the wheel works, let me go ahead and explain what's going down right now and what that little clicking you hear in the background is. That is going to be Ryan's little wheel of... What would he, What do we end up calling it? I call it the wheel of grindage, but I know that's not what you like to call it. So It's fine. We can stick with that. The wheel of grindage. So basically this wheel has a number of pie pieces on the wheel. And for each of those pie pieces there's a name on it. And each of those names is going to be a 30 K horse heresy podcast. Uh, and, and just for clarification, guys, if, uh, you're wondering if you're running a horse heresy podcast and you're wondering why you're not on the wheel, um, for one, we might not know about your podcast. So reach out to us and let us know that you have a horse heresy podcast and we'll jump on there. Uh, but we, we did have to limit it to make sure that people who are going to get on the wheel, we're going to hang around and have their Horse Heresy podcast for a while. So uh, what we did end up doing was we did discuss when we first made it that once you had at least four episodes, we were going to go ahead and get you up on the wheel. So yep, that does disqualify some people that we do know that currently have podcasts, but we know that they'll get to that four and then we'll throw them on the wheel, up on the wheel when it happens. Uh, yep. So the good news is... Max and other guys... <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Sorry, guys. So we will get you on there. As soon as you get that fourth episode down, just let us know, and we will throw you up on the wheel. Uh, but what does this mean to you, the listener, not so much the podcast maker? Well, guys, so check this out. This is how this works. Basically, every time, well, every time we land on a podcast, that podcast gets removed from the wheel and in its place gets a listener slot. So when we spin this wheel and it lands on a listener, 
what we go what we do is we'll go back to our previously shared or I guess our, our previous post and we'll go through the shares on who shared our post for us posting that we posted a new um, a new podcast. podcast up and whoever shared that post that's the listeners that we pull from so uh, a lot of guys already that are already listeners they know that as long as they share that post that says you know Hey, episode blank is out right now. Go check it out on SoundCloud or iTunes or anything like that. Whoever shares that post, those are the ones that we're pulling if it lands on the listener square. So in this case, the episode 44 post, whoever shared that will be in the listener pool. So we'll see We'll see who wins on that one, if it lands on listener, that is. Uh, There's so- three slots because we started with one listener slot, and then we have two podcasts that have we've landed we've already landed and your heads and three listener slots currently three listener slots so it's gonna be pretty nice so there's a good chance it's gonna land on a listener and there's a good chance you're gonna get it uh ryan do you want to go down the list of podcasts there yep so we got the independent characters the 30k channel uh david brains uh he's on youtube right yes he's on youtube then we have the listener slot. Then we have the Eye of Horse podcast. Then we have the Northern Heresy. Then we have the Varangian Heresy. Then we have Don't Lose Your Head. Then we have the Covenant of Fire podcast, our buddy Jake. Then we have Kenny Lull's The Combat Face podcast. Then we have the Loaded Dice podcast. Then we have the Geno 5-2 podcast. The Age of Darkness podcast. The Sons of Heresy podcast, the Seize the Initiative podcast. So that's all the podcasts that we have on the wheel currently. Are you ready to spin, Ryan? I am ready. Are you ready? Not really, but do it anyway. I like to be spin. <laughs> <laughs> it's spin going. that wheel. We landed on the Independent Characters podcast. The Independent Characters Podcast. Love it, man. Oh, we're going to send you so many uh, combos. <laughs> Were they out of England? Uh, Independent Characters Podcast, I believe, is out of England. Let's go ahead and see here. Independent Characters. I know that's a pretty popular one, actually. So, we will get that information, get that all sent over uh, independent character podcast and i'm putting a star next to their name on the wheel here so we know that this is now a listener square or pie shape triangle listener triangle yeah it's gonna be rob so we'll get that sent out to the independent characters characters podcast uh we're probably gonna have to get all that contact information see what kind of stuff they don't have so yep We'll have to hit them up on uh, Facebook Messenger or something. Put us get get me and you in a chat group with them so we can discuss what they want and get it mailed off to them. That sounds good to me, man. It's like <laughs> all the other ones we're like in constant communication with. It's like yeah, it's a little bit different on different characters. We'll get it worked out, guys. We'll go and get them. They probably don't even know we exist. They're just going to get a fucking box of snacks and be like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I was just thinking about that, dude. Like, I was just thinking, I was like, uh, uh, 
<laughs> That's yeah. cool, though. I like it. Making new friends. We'll be making new friends this time around. So, guys, as always, uh, if you have any questions for us, hit us up on Facebook, Radio Freest Van. Uh, we have a Facebook page. If you want to send us your list, uh, our email is michael at warhammer30k.com or ryan at warhammer30k.com. If you're an international listener and you want to send us a voicemail and don't want to spend the long distance, or actually, even if you just don't want to call our voicemail and have to long, uh, long voicemail you want to send us, don't hesitate to... Uh, record it and send it to me in a voicemail. We play probably half our voicemails now off of just my email. So, yeah, he said he. You said voicemail again. He means email. Send it to us in an email. Yeah, send it to us in an email, uh, and we will uh, we'll we'll play it out from from the email. So uh, that'll work. Um, I don't have anything else. If you have any suggestions or anything for us, don't hesitate to send them in. Uh, we're always open to our criticism. Patron. And. Uh, Last but not least, we do have a Patreon that we do uh, have. Uh, there's, I mean, it's a uh, if if you like what we do, you know, don't hesitate to support us. Throw a dollar our way for podcasts. We we try and make it fun, and uh, we'll ask you for your uh, music choices for the end of the podcast and stuff like that. So. Yeah, we got a little chat group going. That's pretty fun. We uh we've been having a good time with that. It's I I'm hoping that I'll be. I even told those guys on there. I try to bid on there as much as I can, bullshitting with guys, but just getting ready for all these cons. I can't wait to get them over with where I can, you know, spend more time bullshitting with guys. Just dive in. They, they keep it going. They keep it pretty live. Yeah. It's, yep. it's a pretty good time. So, for my phone, for the podcast, that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> so, appreciate you guys, listeners. If, if you have any questions, you know where to find us, guys. Y'all have a good one. Later, fellas. Well, you made me weak, and you made me moan. Well, you caused me to leave, child, my happy home. But someday, baby, you ain't worry my life anymore.
You ain't worried about life anymore. Someday, baby, you ain't worry my life anymore.